What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Miss Reps Podcast. My name's Kanal, and I'm joined here by Adam. How you doing, big fella? I'm good. I hate, well, I wouldn't say I hate football, but I just kind of, I'm waiting on the off season at this point. We're kind of in a tailspin, aren't we? Yeah, um, season's just pretty much getting away from us at this stage, so. Yeah, it's it's funny, like, uh, you know, at, at the halfway point, we were on cloud nine, and a lot of other teams were, like, looking to the offseason. Here we are, you know, seven weeks later, and the roles are reversed. Like, teams like the Lions, and even, like, the Jaguars. <laughs> the Jaguars are kind of making a playoff push, even the, and the Panthers. The Panthers are only one game out from that Bucks, that Bucks spot. Bro, yeah. Or no, maybe they're two games out now, because I think they both lost. Oh, yeah. Um. It's weird because even like Packers are six and eight and they're just under the Lions and it's just it's weird. like so yeah Packers and Jaguars came back and technically if if everyone that's whoever those three people are in those wild card spots just keep losing or whatever like that it just opens it up and it's just it's frustrating. <laughs> but uh, some <laughs> who would have thought that our win against the Lions earlier in the season would have been as pivotal as it is right now. I mean, that's why you want to get as many wins as possible. Yeah, I feel like that's the goal in any sport. <laughs> in any sport, obviously, everyone would love to just be undefeated. But I'm just saying, like, with that first half of not, if not like two thirds of the season, you want to win as much as possible so that you don't obviously have to worry about these situations. But man, who knew we would actually. If anything, I, like I, like I said, I'm, I'm a broken record with this, but I'm still proud of the season that we had. Gino is solid. I'm not saying get rid of him. And um, yeah, I mean, we might as well just get into like the the latest game. But like in the overall span of things, just uh, we just need pieces on the defense to rebuild it. I want to have us basically what the 49ers did, what they used against us. I, that's what I want for the Seahawks, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, but let's break it down. So Seahawks played 49ers. Final score was 21 to 13. Final score is a little misleading. Uh, we got us. We got a score with like three minutes left. But it was one of those games where they completely dominated us. Um, in terms of let's just break it down piece by piece. So starting off with the offense, you said Gino was pretty solid. Um, what else did you see from them? Gino, you know, it's one of those things where I'm actually even seeing some. Um, Seattle media saying like these next set of games is going to determine what happens with Gino because um, granted, I'm not trying to say Gino is the solver of all our problems. He can't play defense. Right. So, but at the same time, it was frustrating that our offense was stifled, like for most of the game, um, especially that first quarter, it was just hell <laughs> yeah. in all honesty. So, um, you know, you know, K9, he got, he got some rushes in, you got Tyler Lockett with a broken finger, but like Gino, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's like, you're good. Like I'm saying Gino's solid. He's going to be here for this offense going forward. It's just, I don't think we're, we're going to see like a, which I can kind of see like a two or three year deal similar to maybe um, paying him like a, a middle, like top 15 uh, quarterback. So like 15, like I'm trying to think like 15 or 20 mil over two years or something like that just above kind of thing i don't think we can he kind uh, of played just, him up he, the second half of the season he's kind of played himself out of like that 20 to 25 million dollar a year mark didn't he basically is what i'm saying and it's like i want and i don't get me wrong he's gonna make some money from this it's just that like obviously the amount he could have made is one thing there you know seahawks are not going to just go in this, this upcoming draft and go get a quarterback i don't think any quarterback i don't care who it is is just going to help us win, especially when we're just going to put them behind Gino or whoever, yeah. right? So we just need to, you know, retool the defense, in my opinion, and, you know, uh, restructure this this offensive line because um, the, the 49ers defense, 
Is, very good. Uh, Let's give him credit there. Very good. Very good, and they have some really good players. I just don't like Nick Bosa personally, but you know, like they they have some really good defensive linemen, and they were basically like manhandling our O line. Now, granted, we have two rookies at tackle, and they still played their asses off. You know, they they gave up like what one or two sacks. Like I think this game maybe three from, um, I think Abe Lucas might have given up two, one or two sacks. But regardless, like the inside offensive line has some issues like one um i noticed that like austin Blythe was just getting bullied center yeah, is yeah. a hard it's a hard position to play i, I think I, 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 I was looking at field goals and yeah the, um, someone was saying like uh you know the 49ers d-line were shouting down the middle or something like that basically just say like broadcasting what they were going to do and we couldn't do anything to stop them which is just even like they knew that sadly the strengths of our uh, strength of our offensive line is two rookie tackles who have been playing their asses off. But that's funny to say when you say that it's like, yeah, our two rookies. Awesome. Yeah. Inside. It's just Not trash. So They're vets too. And I'm like, that doesn't help. But like at the same time though, with Damian Lewis position. is only a third year to be fair, but Austin Blythe and no, Damian Lewis, he looked like he was doing, I saw, so I watched Damian Lewis specifically. I watched him. He didn't, I mean, there was pressure obviously, but like he wasn't giving up like Phil Haynes was giving up on the, I think the right side. I think uh, Phil Haynes and Gabe Jackson play right guard, correct? Or is it left guard? Yeah, that's a, that's like a weird thing that they've been doing for a long time this season. Like they've done it over a number of games. If you look at snap counts, they're even, they're, they're pretty evenly split in terms of snap counts. Like they're both like at 50-50 at right guard and it's not something that you would normally do. And, um, you know, the, the first thing that came to my mind is maybe they're using them in certain situations, but if you're doing that, that's a, that's a obvious tell. Oh, number 68's on the field. We're going to, or I don't know if that's Gabe Jackson's number. Oh, number 68's on the field. They're going to be running a run play here, you know, jam the middle kind of thing. Like, <laughs> right. I don't, I, I just don't know if they, it's weird. Cause you never hear an offensive lineman rotating unless it's due to injury or they're out or something like that. So um, it's weird. So you don't really switch an offense. Now you add more offensive linemen when you want to go run heavy. Like you add like a, a six offensive line or something like that with yeah. alongside a tight end or, you know, that's, that's different. That Giants, is a Giants have done that to a great deal of success this year. That's their power package. Or for us, it's like our 13 personnel when we throw all our tight ends on the field. Facts. Um, also, you know, some, uh, some teams like the lions use like, uh, Panay Sewell, he also caught like a pass. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that wasn't was this week. Thing. That was last week. Last or? week. Yeah, so last week, though. Still a, a great thing to see from my offensive lineman peeps out there. I think I saw it. I think a different offensive lineman caught a caught a pass today, and it was like a crit- crucial pass, you know, I think in the final drive of that game. Like, I can't – I'm not giving the guy enough credit that he probably deserves, but that was like a ballsy move by the coaching staff to draw that play up. I mean, a funny story on offensive lines real quick was uh, the someone, I think it was F- uh, Field Yates uh, put um, a video out of, like, I think it was either him or someone else, basically just saying like on this day, I forgot how many years ago, there was that one Patriots offensive lineman that caught a kickoff ball and then he almost scored on that kickoff. Like, it oh, was, I, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> he was just, but he was, at first he was like, Ooh, let me just cover up the ball with both hands because I'm not trying to lose the ball and get in, you know, lose this opportunity. Then all of a sudden it just opened up 
everyone mm-hmm. was just like, oh, blocks, blocks. And he's like, oh, shoot. And he actually did a stiff arm on someone. It kept running. And then I was like, oh, my God. He actually got tackled, like, within the 10-yard line. I was like, yo, he almost had a touchdown. I remember that scene I played, too. And I, during that entire thing, I'm just, I was just like, run, big boy, run, run. <laughs> you always love to see a big boy run, man. But um, yeah. But it's just, yeah, but coming all the way back, like, I don't understand. So, like, all of those are situational. This with Phil Haynes and Gabe Jackson, like, switching out throughout the whole season is weird. And I think what they're doing, I think they're going to let one of them go. Uh, probably Gabe Jackson, as he, I think he's the older one than Phil Haynes. Phil Haynes still a vet, but um, not as old as Gabe Jackson. I think but, Gabe um, Jackson is a bigger contract number two. Yeah. So, and Austin Blythe, I don't know what we're going to do. I do know that we have enough picks this upcoming draft to get, you know, inside offensive linemen, whether I, I'm hopefully maybe look at a center or a guard. But again, we talked about this before, and that's like later in the draft and not like our top. We have like four picks in the top 50, too. None of our top 50 picks. Top, me, <laughs> top be, four picks. No, no, top 50. I'm just saying like. Oh, the top 50. Oh, yeah. Like our, our excuse me, our picks. In uh, the top 50. We have four. Uh, we have two uh, first round picks, two second round picks, but they're in the top 50. There we go. Okay. Uh, for clarification, and I don't think none of those need to be used on offensive line unless there's just like that solid offensive line that they see, which we'll see what happens with that. I think they've still got the senior bowls and all that stuff needs to happen still because um, offensive line is like a weird, like a weird position, right? Because it, it, it it's traditionally not grouped under skills position, which means that which I, you know some people say is like a condescend, not condescending, but you know it almost seems like an elitist type of thing. But the way that I see it, though, is that offensive linemen that you get out of college are probably the most coachable position that you can do. You're just looking for someone with the right skill set and the right, like, the right um, football IQ to 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 play at that position, and then you try to fit them into a scheme, right? Because we, as we both know, the O line and D line are probably the most uh, the most team effort positions on that on that field. Yeah, um, and let's not get it twisted either. Um... Like with people that say that offensive linemen aren't isn't a skilled position, you just don't hear about it until they mess up. So think about doing being in the position, which I mean, I I'm an engineer, you know, an on call one at that. Like people don't know about my position until um, something's broken. I'll, until something's broken, right? Same thing with offensive linemen. Offensive linemen are doing everything. They're facing people like not even just Aaron Donald, but like a lot of D linemen, and you have to make it to where you can only throw your hands in their chest. You can't do all of this while D lineman can do whatever have you to get by you. Right. So uh, they're doing a lot and they're actually making a lot of plays, especially like at their size and how quick they're doing it. You got to put respect on that O line and that well, obviously O line D line or the trenches as I call it, because mm-hmm. it's all, everything, everything starts and ends with the trenches. Right. And that kind of was the story with our offense until yeah. maybe toward the end, but it was too late by that point. I think the the the, the football context kind of changes, right? The Niners are trying to defend a lead, which as we learned this week is a little bit harder to do for some teams than, another, than others. But yeah. um, I, one thing I would hope that Seahawks do this offseason once the draft comes around is if they are looking for that talented center to draft, that they find a specialty center often enough, like um, the Seahawks drafting room, uh, weighs heavily the versatility of an offensive lineman mm-hmm. which is great to have once you're trying to get some depth but if you're trying to find foundational pieces you know it, it, it's better to go with the center that has a lot of experience you know maybe played you know in an sec type of division where he's seeing like these or maybe the big 10 you know where he's seeing these um 
very pro-like uh, defensive schemes coming out. Um, just so that, you know, they're not playing catch up when they get into the league. I'll take, I'll take SEC. I'll take SEC. You know, I'll take any O lineman, even from um, outside your typical, you know, top, the, the, what was it? The, what's the five. big five? Yeah, or the power, five, five. power five. There we go. Yeah. Power five schools and, or power five conferences and schools and all that type of stuff. Um, start looking outward because there's a lot of offensive linemen talent out there. It's just, you have to you have to just take those old, those offensive linemen early, especially obviously in terms of tackle. Mm. Uh, tackles the ones that go early because those are crucial, and then after that you'll get your especially left tackle, left tackle for sure, or right tackle depending if you have a lefty. Yeah, uh, if you get Tua, <laughs> if you got Tua, but uh, um, yeah, hopefully Seahawks can do that. Um, but let's talk about now because we already talked about the 49ers defense, which was like they looked outstanding. I already knew this was going to be an issue, but. Um, how about our defense, Canal? How does that look to you? Dude, we, they, we gave up some big touchdowns, and that just kind of crushes your spirit. <laughs> it was, um, I think, I think the the first thing is that we didn't really have an answer for George Kittle, and uh, that was pretty evident because you know the the, the script is kind of set for a game like this, right? Brock Purdy's coming in; he's a, he's a little banged up. It's only a second start. Usually, in these type of situations, defensive schemes are a little bit more aggressive. Just because once you set the tone with um, an aggressive scheme, it usually dictates the flow of the game uh, for the rest of the game, right? With a mm-hmm. with a with a young quarterback like that, didn't seem to do that on that first touchdown for George Kittle. It hurt my soul because he did because <laughs> Brock Purdy had time to do two pump fakes and then throw it right over the middle to um, George Kittle. And, you know, that probably starts with the fact that we still can't pressure on the defensive line. You, you didn't see this because you were you were out. Um, I remember this. But uh, Brian Monet went down in like the first set of plays uh, yeah. out there. Like he, he went down and he's now out. He's on IR now. So he's out for the season. Um, and who uh, it was Brian Monet went down. We were already light at D line. Al Woods we- is already out. Yeah, Al Woods is already out, but at the same time, this is also why I was saying like we need to go look for some D tackles or like yeah. D line at all in any in any capacity because like man, we need some we need something on there. And I know we right now we just pulled some uh, some people onto the practice squad for a D tackle, but at the same time, like obviously you can tell like that's the biggest need because it starts with the D line to even yeah. help the linebackers out behind. So uh, that's the other thing is the issues with the linebackers, which like. You, 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 touched, you touched on a point right there that I want to make sure hits home is the fact that, you know, using the pers- using the context that we're trying to run more of a 3-4 scheme, it's absolutely crucial that those three D linemen that are lined up across you know, offensive linemen are so good at what they do that they require to get double teamed or, you know, to pull to pull in more linemen than, than um, you know, than they are, than one-to-one, right? Because what, what, what you're going to do is that the 3-4 the, the scheme the point of the three, four scheme is that you don't know where pressure is coming from, from that second level, you yeah. know, in your, in your traditional four, three, you know, it's coming from the edges, but in your three, four, you know, you could have a Mike blitz, you could have a Sam blitz, you could have a weak, a will blitz. You don't know where it's coming from. And or the two off ball linebackers who in this case are your edges, like Nwosu and Bruce Irvin in this case. Yeah. And so you don't, you're not supposed to know where they come in from. And so, you know, they have been moments, there have been flashes where we run three, four type of pressure. Like, uh, was it last game or two games ago that Jordan Brooks got a sack? That was 100% 3-4 four 
drawn up scheme. Week. It was last week. I remember that it, because it's, oh, it was beautiful. Just went zoom. Like yeah. he, he hit the the correct gap sack, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, and it, 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 this, not only that, it wasn't a long developing sack. It was a quick developing sack, and those are the kind of pressures that you need to pepper in, because that that just that doesn't let the opposing offense think that they can do whatever they want with you. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the only pressure we got with, or the only sack that we got this week was from Quentin Jefferson. It was a, you know, coverage sack type of thing. Um, but yeah, if anything, there's that, I think that's kind of pointing to where we need to look at for um, filling out this team come the off season is linemen that can swallow up multiple offensive linemen and create those gaps. And then also the, um, the linebacking crew to execute yeah. and, you know, fill those gaps where, cause you know, you're not going to win every matchup, but it's also the job of the linebackers, even in a four, three to, to hit that gap. Bobby Wagner was one of the best to ever do it where, you know, a gap would open up for a running back to run through and you get through there and look who's waiting for you. Boogie man. Basically. And I mean, at the same time, like with the linebackers and stuff like that, it's uh, Brooks is here to stay. And he can, he, the only thing is we can't count on Brooks to get all the tackles. That's the one thing that, yes, uh, the, like the middle linebackers, especially from the Seahawks over the past like decade and stuff, um, are Bobby one. It's Bobby Wagner's big shoes, to, big shoes to fill. It's big not shoes fair to fill, him. but at the same it's time. Not fair like, for him. Yeah, but at the same time, like Jordan Brooks, uh, Jordan Brooks is was like learning under Bobby Wagner. But at the same time, I don't expect him. Not, even if we had Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner can only do so much. He mm-hmm. can only uh, he can only be in so many places at the same time. And I feel like we need another uh, linebacker beside Brooks. Like I said before, because um, Cody Barton really isn't getting it done. Granted, I know I saw Brooks and Barton like with. George Kittle, like George Kittle went past both of them and like, they just both have their arms on them. Just sitting here like, yeah, it's just bad. Cause like our corners are gone. There's not much help in the coverage besides our two linebackers. I need, we need like fresh blood, young blood on the linebackers, definitely young blood, but we definitely need to start with the D line and work our way back. So D line and then linebacker for sure, especially for this three, four, because uh, Pete even commented um, after the game or actually today uh, talking about uh, uh, he commented that the three four defense is here to stay. He's not switching it back or anything like that. It's just we need the just like like we've been saying we we just need the personnel. Yeah, and I definitely like we just need to see what Clint Hurt does in his in like the next season going forward. And you know what does he do? What does he do in the off season to get that defense better? You know, obviously we're gonna pick. I don't know who we're gonna pick up in free agency. I feel like we might even. I feel like we're going to actually maybe even get another linebacker or something like that, depending on who's potential free agents. But we definitely like, we'll talk about it in a minute, but like defense is just kind of uh, like we have good corners. I think we have a decent safety, um, decent set of safeties, especially like with, uh, uh, with, what was it? Uh, Keanu Neal. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Neal. I'm, Keanu Neal, I think, I think is a different. I think that's another player. To be fair, it is. It is. It is. But when you said yeah. Keanu, I immediately think Keanu Reeves. So now, <sighs> don't get me wrong. I was thinking, Wick, yeah, John Wick back there. Uh, with two, two, like just ah, uh, headshot, headshot. But uh, two, I was definitely, two. I was definitely thinking of another safety and Keanu Reeves at the same time, and it just <laughs> it all came together. It's like you know what, just Keanu Reeves, the football player. But anyway. <laughs> But um, two Ryan points I wanted, Sorry about that. Ryan Neal, uh, Ryan Neal, I thought I had a good game. But two points I wanted to bring up, too, because we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. linebackers. Um, I wanted to bounce them off to you and see what you think. Because it, it, it's a 
it's a kind of it was kind of an interesting thing i didn't really notice it at first until i someone mentioned it i think it, maybe it was on field goals but um certain plays you know when you have this three four scheme you have two middle linebackers right what's on, what's often called like the weak side middle linebacker and they and mike and will. the mike and will right but the mike mm-hmm. and the, a mike and a three four could also be like a strong side middle linebacker mm-hmm. depending on where you're generating the pressure from yep on certain on certain drives you know, typically the, what we've seen is that they put Cody Barton at the weak side and Jordan Brooks in the middle, right? But mm-hmm. there were certain plays where um, it seemed like they swapped roles. And I think it was rather to, it, it worked out rather to good effect. I think it worked to better to their skill sets. It looked like Cody Barton was more of the middle linebacker that was like run stuffing. And while the, while Jordan Brooks was like the athletic freak out there that was just getting all the tackles and all that thing. I think, I think to be fair, Cody Barton did get more tackles. But do you think, Maybe the maybe we're trying to force Jordan Brooks into a, a role that he isn't fit for. Um, one last thing on that, because you know last year when we were running a four three with Bobby Wagner as the middle linebacker, I think Jordan Brooks was a weak side linebacker. So do you think we're forcing a square peg into a circle hole? No, he's played because you have to also remember when what Brooks played as before. You know, he was actually the official middle line, the ML, like the official, like strong, I guess, strong side middle linebacker starter, because when Bobby Wagner was here, he was playing weak side. So it's not like he can't play that. And plus, like Jordan Brooks is really good when it comes to the lateral movements and going and running after the ball. That's uh, a lot of his film. If you look at that when he was at, um, I think it was Texas Tech or at North yeah, A&M, so. either A&M or Texas Tech uh, from where he came from. But uh, he was basically like that weak side uh I think at the time he was, was he, some, I mean, Bobby Wagner was the middle linebacker we had. Yeah, Bobby Wagner has always been the middle linebacker. Right. Last, KJ, right? I don't, did we, we didn't, or was we had him. No, we had, we had him. He was the, I think he was the strong side. And then they had Brooks as the weak side. And they got, you know, then KJ, right? They phased him out. And then they brought in, like, that's when they started bringing, like, Cody Barton and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so do you think, so do you think, Jordan Brooks role, you know, even at, there's, there's one thing being in college, you know, being a position versus, you know, what you're doing at the, the pro level. Do you think Jordan Brooks should be sticking to the weak side and we get more of a, I think it's just Clinton hurt trying stuff out at this point. You might as well just try some stuff out and see how it shakes. And especially against like competition, like in the NFC West, um, I th- I feel like it could be either experimented. This could have been planned. Who knows? But I don't think he's like out of position. I feel like I feel like Jordan Brooks. You can kind of fit him in almost every linebacker position you can think of. Maybe not the edge position in this case, but in terms of like the off like the off off the ball linebacker, I feel like he can fit in almost any position. That's how special of a player he is for the Seahawks defense. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, and it kind of uh, the 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 symptom that we're trying to cure here is the inability to stop the run. I mean, granted, we're playing CMC this week, so it, it's not like, you know, CMC is going to eat no matter what. It's kind of like one of those things. But, like, moving forward, you know, you might as well try what you need to try just to see if you can, you know, maybe you, you Cody Barton does end up being that better run stuff and type of player and you use him more in those kind of situations. Because if he is that, then, you know, he's got a role on the team. Yeah, I can I can see that. And um, we – I mean, Brooks is here to stay. I just don't know with Barton and just Barton. I feel like he's the big question mark. Um, if he does stay, it's going to be cheap. If he, if we don't, if we keep him, if I don't know how, if you keep him, it's cheap. If we let him go, cool. But like, I, we just need to get, we need to get some new players, whether it's vets or in the draft. Mind yeah. You. And uh, 
Yeah, you know, because the other positional need at at linebacker is probably out at the on the outside at the edge, and you know you need those linebackers that can also that can that can rush the quarterback and then also set the edge in terms of like run blocking. But a lot of the runs that were given up are right down the middle, which kind of kills your soul. Yeah, and that's on the detail like that's on the D tackles themselves, like your three down linemen in that case, and you get your edges or you know your edges are those the linebackers on the outside that you have on the line are the ones that either can help pick up extra stuff, especially if it's like a pass play, because Nuoso has already shown to me that he is a staple for this defense. I'm like, he's solid. He's a solid pick. I'm glad we picked him up. And I remember when people were like, hey, I remember a lot of Seahawks fans were like, hey, Chargers, um, is Nuoso good? Is like, is Nuoso good? They were like, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's okay. I mean, there's a reason why we let him go. And then, like, I see the I see the speed and, like, the pursuit speed in, in particular whenever he's running after a quarterback that scrambled or – goes to like far right or far left. I think uh I think he got injured off of one of those I think last week if not this past week. So I think he has a hip. I feel like he has an injury or he was a uh, limited in practice, but regardless him he's good. Staple, Bruce Irvin, I love you. You know, man, I love you what you did for the Seahawks over even for this season, but you are 36 years old and I don't know if this can keep on going. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the uh we're looking for long-term solutions right now. We got band. We kind of got a, a band-aid right there with uh, Bruce Irvin. Um, yeah, just a bridge. I would say a bridge player because right now, like, you have to also think this isn't like the season where we suspect ourselves to all of a sudden go to playoffs and have a chance at the Super Bowl. We are yeah. not a playoff team. I don't think. I don't think we are. Offense exactly. is decently. Our offense is pretty good when it's rolling, but it can also be cold as we've seen this these past few games. And then our defense is non-existent. Yeah, and I think you know I don't. You know, we got Chiefs, Jets. We got Chiefs on Saturday. We got Jets after that. And then we have the Rams. And so um, we're one game back out of the wild card spots. But, you know, that's kind but of a big ask. The Chiefs, it doesn't help. Yeah, that's a big ask with the, the lineup that we got up ahead of us. And the Jets, but, too, man. Ugh. Jets, too. I mean, yeah, they got Zach Wilson out there again. And maybe if I, I, I think Quinn and Williams is hurt. And maybe that can. It will make any quarterback look good, as you can see. Yeah, we can make any quarterback look good, any, any running back look good. But it's weird. It's not as bad as that one season where we were just like the almost the whole season. Every team was like, "Hey, start that quarterback against the uh, the Seahawks yeah. and stuff." You yeah. know? It's kind of turned into one like over the over the top. If rush or you know defensive schemes are an interesting thing, right? Because it's kind of like a it's like an organized chaos amongst multiple groups, right? Like you expect your you you know you need your secondary to be good enough to where the D line has enough time to rush the quarterback, but you also expect your D line to be good enough to the point where your cornerbacks and your secondary can you know make yeah. plays on the ball and that kind of thing. You know, this year it seems like our D our our secondary is holding things up, or at least at our cornerback positions, one one they are holding things up you know a little bit better. It's just kind of like in the middle of the field where things are falling apart a little bit. One thing mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, and we wanted to get your thoughts on, um, I've been kind of touching on this here and there, but you know, it's happened frequently enough to to the point we gotta we gotta talk about it because it's uh it's it's making rounds around the league around the Seahawks media as well. Is Quandre Quandre had a little bit of a, a tough game today. He had a number of missed tackles. Uh, I think he was partially at fault for the blown coverage on George Kittle, not on the the long touchdown, but on the uh, on his first touchdown. He dropped a key pick, which you know could have swung the entire, the entire you know, um, the entire script of the game. Mm-hmm. But it ended up you know putting us in a hole because they went down and scored, or you know they punted, and then I think uh, 
Travis Homer fumbled and all that. But, you know, it's one of those woulda, coulda, shoulda things. But there have been a number of times where it seems like Quantre's hands are failing him and his tackling ability, ability is failing him. I mean, he's the, but he's also the type of, you have to also realize he's the type of safety that throws his whole body into his tackles. And you've seen this over every, in in college football, high school football. Like if you are one to throw your whole body into those tackles like that, you will gain more injuries over and over time. And obviously, I mean, like Quandre Diggs is good, but I know that uh, we definitely need to start looking at safeties. I just don't think it's an issue at this moment to where like, hey, go, go get that high, that, you know, that high pick or go get that fresh vet you know, safety, because it depends on what happens with Jamal Adams, too, because he's out. You yeah, don't know what he would have looked like with this defense whole I think season. That's, I, think that's, I think that's what fucked everything up, man, because, you know, we're talking about we don't – You're the point of a 3-4 defense is you're not supposed to know where the blitz is coming from or the pressure is coming that's from. Where Jamal Adams the, 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 Jamal Adams is the fourth – you're almost playing a 3-5 with, with Jamal Adams in the he box. He would have been in the box. Ryan Neal would have been in the back. Like, don't worry, Jamal. Just, just, just you know, do your thing out there in the box. Go do what you need to do. I'm going to be back here. I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, and, you know, going back to the analogy of it being organized chaos, you know, when you have that pressure – because yeah, no cornerback is going to be able to defend a receiver for like five, six seconds. It's just, you know, you're playing a one-on-one with a guy that can run a 4-3. So it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, if you, we had him, you know, I think that's the reason why we went to a 3-4. But I think the priority at the safety position is probably to re-sign Ryan Neal because mm-hmm. I think that his ability to run stuff and, you know, uh, cover, you know, has, has been kind of it, it made a it could have made a bad situation worse if we didn't have him. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, and I do, I know the player talking about where like Quandre Diggs whiffs on like the you would say he misses like he missed that he couldn't make that tackle and that's just it's how he tackles though too he tackles with that shoulder and stuff and not like the conservative he's more he's not really the conservative tackle he's more of that like I want to truck like you know hot stick. Like yeah, a hot stick tackle and stuff like that. You always got to bring it back to Madden, don't you? <laughs> always got to, man. Um, <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up with that. I grew up with that thing. But Dude, um, I, I just when you say hit stick, I just remember like the rumble in the controller was so satisfying <laughs> when you when you actually jarred it loose. It's but. it's a lot of things actually because apparently it was also if I remember, yeah, actually that same play that was a mess up on Tariq Woolen and Quandre Diggs. At yeah. The same time. But they um, gave Tariq Woolen a slide because um, he hasn't messed up since like what week three or something like that. Yeah, that's what that's what they're saying at least. Well, you know, in terms of like uh, I don't remember considered what a mess up, but like a big yeah. mess up, like a blown coverage mess up. But like yeah. again, rookie. But I'm not saying like oh he's a rookie, you let him slide. But at the same time, like for a rookie, he, he's been solid. Like you know he's he's one of our defensive pieces. We're gonna build around, and then even but even Jordan Brooks. Uh, while like you know we talked him up like he did have some issues with you know tackling and stuff it's just it just feels like like reads i think it's also reads because like that that's the thing with being that middle linebacker like the thing is he's not bobby wagner at the moment or not better than bobby wagner you have to make those reads and stuff like that so i mean hey um i think this is just one of those games where like i think we still know where to improve and stuff like that and then just go from there and uh one of those things actually um just the last last thing that uh, I, I'd throw on that too is, you know, one of the things that they were saying once Russ got traded, you know, we've been talking about Russ every every episode this season. But uh, one thing to. they one that one I can't remember who said it, but the, they were I think they were saying the sign of a great player or a foundational player is the team um, suffering because they're gone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Leave a, the, 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 you're you're as only as good as the void you leave behind, kind of thing. And so when when Russ left, you know, there wasn't really a void, especially in that first half of the season. But Bobby Wagner is no longer on the team. 
and there is a ginormous void. And Bobby Wagner might be even the the number one ranked P, uh, on PFF uh, middle linebacker. I think I saw something along those lines. So you know, seeing that kind of having that kind of a void in that linebackers room is probably what we're seeing happen at right now. Yeah, and I I wouldn't you know, and I personally just wouldn't say that. Granted, yes, we like Bobby Wagner. He left a hole. That is very true. I just don't think it's as big of a hole because we have Jordan Brooks. But at the same time, we we all know we're realistic here. Jordan Brooks isn't Bobby Wagner. So like we are like, man, some of those like, oh, I just wish we had Bobby Wagner in that one moment or something like that. Yeah. We have a lot of those moments just just kick in, you know, and. um Yeah, know, man. it's just it's 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 tough. It's, it's one of those moments where I just say it's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, adding on to it being tough, you know, there's a Seahawks came away with a lot of injuries in this one, you know, late in the season, which you hate to see. But like you mentioned, Brian Monet has, uh, you know, he's done, and so all of a sudden we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for for defensive tackles. Yeah, and to add on to that, Jordan Brooks, you know, also it was dealing with a neck issue, and they kept him out for the la- for the remainder of the all game. That. Yeah, and so I, you know, that's something to keep an eye on as well because I think what was I think Taylor Muse or Tyler Muse? I can't some I can't like I think that's his name. Uh, Taylor Muse, I thought I can double check because I I hate Tanner Tanner Muse. Tanner Muse. We knew I knew it was a T. It was a T. It was a T. It was going to come eventually. So there you go. Yeah. Boom. Tanner, Tanner Muse, Muse. You know, he he came in. He served his purpose, but you know, it's hard to gauge on whether he was how effective he was because the game was pretty much done at that point wasn't tanner muse um his first this isn't this is not his first season in the league though right this no, is like I think, his, so. uh... I think he's been around okay okay oh he's been around eh, three years like two, but he, he's, years. he was like one of those under i think he was just one of those undrafted seahawks yeah. players that would pick up and you know he's been mostly a special teams guy yeah i think the one of the other things was just travis homer he was bad very yeah, bad. You know, um, once he, so, once he yeah. gave up that fumble, once he gave up that fumble, I think every he was in everybody's bad books. That was before the end of the half. That just sent the, that started the spiral. It was that fumble because we were actually doing good on that drive. I was like, "Ooh, Homer, you're open. Just run straight up, go." And I saw the ball fly, and I said, "Damn it!" Yeah. <laughs> and they ran and it almost all the way back, and I was tight. You, you see, like the difference, like the difference between those two, the, those player, the the play. The player personnel that they have in on both those defenses is night and day, because you know those guys. You have guys on that side of the ball that are on the, on the 49ers side that are going after the ball because they have that much you know dog in them kind of thing, right? And you got like because you got guys in the even at the, at the linebacker level like Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner and stuff like that. That that's some <laughs> that's some like all pro all pro level talent back yeah. there. They've all been to the Pro Bowl. If not, obviously it was on the Super Bowl team and stuff. So, like, they know what they're doing. They have, like, they have their defense down pat. Um, the defense coordinator that took up for, um, um, whatchamacallit, I, I know the name. I, it's right here in front of me. Give me a second. Robert Salah. Yeah, Robert, Robert Salah, like, when after he left, did a good job with that defense. And he was, like, just celebrating on the side. So, yeah, I think the other thing, is, like, with our defense, too, was when that Darrell, when Darrell Taylor – had that uh offsides that messed up like that fourth Dude, every, everybody was like what the fuck was that man that was like one of those it was one of those boneheaded moves that when you see it as a fan you're just like like you know it, what, the situation yeah. calls for someone coming off sides just like yeah. just, just go off yeah. yeah just you know you don't have to you don't have to go all out for it but <laughs> it was it was stupid but um, I do. I do. Oh, dropped a pick. I mean, what else? We we, we just hurt ourselves at this stage. In the, yeah, game. it seems like we shoot ourselves in the foot as much as other people are shooting us in the same foot. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that yeah, foot yeah. is our defense. But we played. We I I just like what Field Goals was saying. Like we've played beneath 
our capabilities and you can't really draft you can't draft people you know you can't draft enough players to compensate for that unless you're just doing like a full wipe and a full rebuild and like getting rid of most of these players or something like that but like we we play beneath our capabilities and, and i think it, and we i think we proved too at the beginning of the season that you know we're we, we have the ability to do, to do well if we can just execute right if if and when we I, it, it just starts with like being successful on both sides of the ball in special teams too with yeah. like defense you know getting at least decent I don't like, I hate having the bend, not break defense. Like it gets tiring when like every team can just keep running down the field and if not score, they'll just get a field goal on you. So I don't want that again. I actually want to get some stops like we were doing the first half of the season. But um, yeah, that's pretty much all we got. I have to say, and I just know we're not, we're not generating as much pressure anymore because we're losing D linemen as well as just, we're not, I mean, we, but we are seeing sacks. We're seeing some pressures here and there. But there is some improvement, but it's just like, ah, we're like, we're just, I feel like we're just missing some key players because like what we have right now isn't working. And like Darrell Taylor, I feel is good. Granted, it was a boneheaded move in that one moment. But at the same time, like we just need to go out and acquire some new talent at this, at this stage. When was the last time we had a defensive touchdown? Probably a Tariq, the Tariq Willen pick six. Yeah. It's been a while, ain't it? I mean, I know we've had fumble recoveries, but I know they didn't go all the way back for a touchdown. But yeah, basically, I mean, at the at the very least, the defense for the whole season is still further along than that one season. I forgot; I don't even remember that the season number because it was so bad. Like, oh my goodness! But um, that's just all where I'm at with the team right now, and like with the Chiefs coming up, and it's supposed to be like a very like record breaking like cold historical cold game happening. Yeah, sub zero. Yeah, sub zero. It's like negative something, negative ten or something like that for the game. Yeah, we'll see what happens at this stage. I don't know what else to say, but we'll just see what happens. I feel oh, like that's, I feel oh, like that's DK not safe. Oh, we have to talk about this. DK Metcalf with the unsportsmanlike conducts, if not just getting all the penalties. Dude, DK, DK Metcalf is getting – I feel like they got it out for him I kind of at that point. Yes, no, no, no. They, they definitely said that even on the game, like, yep, the, the, the refs are looking at him. Even he said in a press conference today, actually, um, when we're recording this, I saw him saying that, like, yeah, you're, you're whooping someone's ass, but then, like – Apparently, like the refs don't even say anything to me anymore. They just they they yeah. stop talking to me altogether. So it's really just like I'm just. Go- but granted, what I can definitely see is that he keeps going. He's doing all this talking, and I'm just like I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to say what happens in these moments because a lot of stuff happens on the field in like just a few seconds. Like there's a lot of times when players are cussing each other out, and yeah. we know, and they know how to like do it cleanly. But like right there, obviously, it was just like I'm saying that's passion, but at the same time, it's like. I feel like as long as he needs to do to reel it back while still whooping ass, like put it on, put it on each play. But then like, I do feel like there is some unfairness coming from like the refs looking at him. One, one thing is, is I think, you know, I used to think it was him just being kind of like head ass with, with stuff, you know, just talking shit and stuff like that. But DK, DK regularly, you know, has to deal with DVs, giving him hands all the way down the sideline, you know, well beyond five yards, no illegal contact or anything like that called whatsoever. Yep, and you know it's just because he's he's a victim of his own stature, right? He's like this huge, fast guy, and uh, you know if refs, it's not the refs' job to make a game fair; it's the refs' job to call the game right. I mean, we're going to talk about it around the league because the ref in this week was ass soup, but um, you know it, it it seems like they're trying to level the playing field when you know it's not his damn fault. He's he's gifted at what he does, right. and I want him to flourish and all that type of stuff too. Like DK is. DK is just doing it like DK, like even this season, he was, uh, 
I think he was, I think in the last, what, four or five games, he's also been getting some touch. Well, no, this is his fifth season, I believe. Excuse me. This is the fourth or fifth season where he had 900 plus yards and like four plus touchdowns, I believe. So he's producing um, like that's, he's doing good. Like it's just, he's doing good despite having a forced, um, you know, like in golf, you have a handicap, which is, you know, like, you know, if you're so good, you have to adjust your score kind of thing. He's basically mm-hmm. having to do the same thing. And it's, it's almost like what they would do, like, you know, Megatron and those guys back in the day, because, you know, he, he would just have to, even Megatron, you know, he was still able to produce what he did, but he had to take hands from everybody to get what he got. Yeah. And sometimes what I don't see is that we're throwing, we're not really throwing that deep ball as much as I would like. So I did see sometimes when like Gino was about to like launch it, but then he just said, nah, never mind. Let me just try to check it down and stuff, which there's nothing wrong with check downs, but like every once in a blue moon, throw it up to DK. I just want to see something. You just need something. It's, it goes back to the run game too. It's just like one of those things where you need to like get, cause he, he definitely wants to throw that deep ball cause he can throw the deep ball. He's shown that. Um, but it's, it's like, you know, once our run game has just been completely written out of the equation, he has like hands in his face, um, you know, within a couple of seconds, it's not enough time for, uh, Howard, yeah, to, uh, for DK to get the separation that he needs and for, uh, Gino to give him a clean look. And then I think, uh, we also saw, uh, Godwin, uh, Igwe Bouquet out there oh, yeah. on the, on the kick returns and stuff like that. So dude, I, I wrote that one down and I was like, every, anytime he gets the kick return, I'm like. I'm on the edge of my seat because he's getting like he hits the gaps hard. Like I like he's actually a running back. I kind of want him to play running back too, right? Because he he's got that home run speed and like you know he's he's returned like four or five kicks. Each of them have gone for like thirty yards or something crazy like that. I and that's think we're gonna move a, a move away from Travis Homer because the Travis Homer experiment doesn't work out. I'll give DJ Dallas like. Uh, one to two more years at most but like travis homer i'm like i'm sorry bro like yeah, uh, i, I, I want to try some new people behind k9 and basically like kind of like let's let's kind of clean out this uh the running back room a little bit and just bring in fr- like just fresh people in there yeah and or at least add competition give it a sense of fairness you know because if we can if we can try to bring the best out of these guys you know we can we can still get a serviceable running back room but yeah, Godwin Iguabuke, like that was that was a great you know midseason pickup. I think he was just like a, a we just signed him in our practice squad and then brought him in because of injuries to DJ Dallas. Um, some last thoughts for the Seahawks. You know, like we said, we're tied with the Lions. Yeah, um, that's a big thing to keep an eye on. And thankfully, we have the tiebreaker over them. We've talked about how we're not really a playoff team at this time. You know, we might sneak in, but with the schedule that we have lined up. They, you know, they it's, literally, it's, it's they a, literally said like if it's a big ask. In, yeah, but if we get in, like right, if, we, if the Seahawks were to get in, we would literally have to face either the Eagles, the Vikings. Obviously, 49ers is in the mix because same division or the Cowboys. It's like, well, obviously one of those, but I think like the top two or three you'll have to face for sure in the wild card. And it's yeah. really just oh no, Eagles should. I mean, they clinch their playoffs, but they should hope that they get the first seed. It's either the Vikings, 49ers, or Cowboys. And each of those, in each of those offenses, I don't want to see them with the. It, would, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the Cowboys; it'd be the Buccaneers or whoever wins that division. Right. So essentially, though, oh, but yeah, so actually, these teams, yeah. it doesn't. Any of these teams will whoop our asses. Is what I'm trying to say in terms of the past game. Because, like, yeah. did you see the Vikings? <laughs> we'll talk about we'll, that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. But you know. Uh, I just don't like what the playoff is looking like and where our defense is at. Cause if our defense is just a struggle, it's there's no point in watching our team like, like 
flail around in the playoffs, unfortunately. So yeah, and so with with the the winner of the NFC South is almost guaranteed the fourth seed because I don't see them catching up to the Niners or the Vikings. We'd end up right. being one of those two teams. Right. If you're asking me which one I prefer, it's tough because if the Niners are maybe still led by Brock Purdy, you know maybe that's a little bit of an edge. But like that defense, they're only going to be led by Brock Purdy unless Brock Purdy gets injured or something at this. Stage. Yeah, and then it's Josh Jones, and then you know who knows. But yeah, it's it's kind of like. You know, it's almost like, you know, what's the point of it? What's the point of um, they'll just run the ball, little little short passes that like the short dink and dime passes and run the ball and keep running the ball. And you know what? You know, Christian McCaffrey also can pass, too. Like you said, (laughs) we kind of we kind of did this to ourselves by losing the Panthers. And like, um, who was the other team that we lost to that we shouldn't have? There's a lot of teams we just shouldn't have lost to. The entire I NFC South, we shouldn't have I lost feel like to the Raiders. I feel like the Raiders, we should have not. Yeah, the Raiders is who team. I was thinking of. Um, but, like, it's just weird, like, where what happened to that run game? What happened to, like, any of the defenses then? But, again, it's all about scheming, film, and basically if we're being st- – if we're still being very simple on defense, that's an issue as well. Yeah. So we got Chiefs lined up, like we said, on Saturday. Uh, any thoughts on that besides no fuck? No hope. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a cold game. It's a cold game, so it's going to be snowing, what have you. Um, I was even uh, joking on Twitter with some other fans. Uh, this is on just on my own Twitter. Just like I was saying, what was it? It was the, I think it was Sports on Tap, or someone was just saying like, yeah, you know, what? Because every team, like the Texans and stuff, they like uh, we'll talk about it more. The game, the game with the Chiefs more, but like they almost beat the Chiefs. But it's like okay, cool. That doesn't mean like we're set to like all of a sudden just get a win out of nowhere though, either, because I said, uh, in quotes, Patrick Mahomes throws over 600 yards and breaks like, you know, breaks the NFL record for passing yards in a game or something like that. Right. Yeah. um, One one thing, one thing, one thing with this game that's about to come up to is that I think this is the first time in like half a season where the chiefs are going to have like all their wide receivers back healthy. If Michael Hardman makes it back, Oh, and God. so and so you're just looking at that and you're just like well because then you got juju you got they got tony they got um they got uh juju Hartman, tony. travis kelsey yeah kelsey's so, a big one and the so running backs are just like supplementary like receivers if anything because they're mostly a passion a passing machine more so than a running machine which is yeah. by design for their system they're, they're working with right now and you know that and that might open things up too because Isaiah Pacheco has been having has been putting up solid numbers you know for the last few weeks oh, so maybe man. that caters to that scheme as well too if they maybe they open, running back yeah maybe they open up their uh the the running they open up their running running playbook once the passing game gets going because then they know like you know I mean, once they score be... 21 points in the first quarter yeah they're going to run the ball the rest of the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a test to see how long we can watch the game. <laughs> I'm picking Chiefs for this upcoming game. I'm doing. I, it. I'm I'm head ass. Oh, fuck it. I've I've been doing Seahawks all week all year. I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I can't do that to the. I can't do that to my team. I'm gonna just be like Seahawks, but on the inside, it's like oh, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anywho, that's that's all we pretty much have. Like from you know the Seahawks game and what to do. I mean, we could try to like, basically we were literally like, we would literally have to win each of these three games to even acquire any taste of like what we, we have like a 32% chance 
to get into the playoffs. So that's bad. It's getting smaller every week. It actually, they actually said we took the least hit because of that tiebreaker we had. It went from like 36 to 33 or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't like before we're like with the Raiders and we lost and it was like 21% like change. And I was like, Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> that was the game. We literally, if we want, if we beat the Raiders, it, it would have helped solidify a position to at least take one loss or something like that but it, it is what it is right now yeah i mean we uh, we, we lost it like i said we lost the entire nfc south which is arguably the worst division in in the nfl right now so you know we did this to ourselves we, we don't have anyone to blame but ourselves yeah so I mean, let's go that, around the league <laughs> on that tone yeah let's go around the league so first story up uh this is maybe anecdotal but i wanted to get your thoughts so i saw the commanders Changed up their Sean Taylor statue. They're very good. Paper mache <laughs> Sean Taylor statue. Wireframe, the wireframe mannequin. Yeah, the wireframe mannequin that they stole from a JCPenney. <laughs> so what do they the, do? What they do, man? Changes that they made. Reebok on the jersey now. You know, we talked about how that was, that was incorrect at first. Mm-hmm. They put tape on his face mask. You know, Sean Taylor's big thing. And uh, tape on his cleats. And then they put the appropriate socks on him. Can we just um, actually make a statue of him instead? And you don't have to worry about any of the clothing at all. Yeah, I feel like th- 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 this is this is what I wanted to hear. I was worried you're going to be like, "Oh, that's good. I'm glad they did that." But I'm just saying that's good. This no. is <laughs> you're putting you're putting another coat of lipstick on this pig, man. Just build him a fucking statue. With that's, what, that's, that's what I literally said at the beginning. I was like, "Why the fuck? What Why? the fuck?" Like, <laughs> Like, like the, there are so many good examples of statues. You could just, you know, Sean Taylor has his pose. Just just go put a statue of him out there. You, you ain't got to think too hard about it, man. Don't get me started on that. But, um, yeah, they, they that's all they did, just change the clothes. Like, oh, we're sorry. Yeah, their Amazon order was delayed a little bit, so they had to work on short notice. That's why they had to unveil it with the wrong apparel, I guess. That short notice. Wasn't that like a month ago when this all happened, too? It might have been a month ago, yeah. Yeah, it's been so long. Um, There's something else that happened with the Commanders, too, but it was with uh, the head coach talking about the QB situation. Ooh, what did he say? I love I love Ron Rivera throwing subtle shade across the entire Commanders organization. Tell me what I he mean, said. The, sh- the, the short of it was, um, I don't even recall, like, I actually had the tweet up, but the short of it was basically, like, they were asking him, like, hey, you know, Ron... So, you know, it looks like Carson's healthy, right? And uh, <laughs> we want, we like, uh, this was obviously the Seahawks or Lions reporter that was asking, this, can, you, can you please put Carson Wentz in? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, they, he said, so actually, oh, I have the quote. So he said, so basically they said, you know, hey, how about that QB situation? Or not QB situation. It's just like, hey, it seems like all your quarterbacks are healthy again. So no quarterback change to the starter. Cause, you know, the starter was originally, um, but uh, Carson Wentz and oh so here's his quote his quote was you know stick with Taylor and what we're trying to establish uh it is something to be quite uh it is something to be quite frank I do have to think about at some point um but if we get back on track and play the way we've played and do the things we've done then we'll stick where we are that is the most most political answer ever the only way that could have been better was if it was like sponsored by the pack for Ron Rivera 2024 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, basically, it's it's him just saying, like, we're going to stay with Taylor Heineke because we've been winning with Taylor Heineke. And you see how we're almost in the playoffs. When's the last time you people have seen the commanders or even the Washington football team in general in the playoffs? Right. So we're keeping Taylor Heineke in there. I think Ron Rivera is just like he, he is fighting such an uphill battle. And it's funny because like he was I think the other coaching 
coaching vacancies that he was trying to fill were the Cowboys, which he probably would have had to deal with the same kind of shit. And well, I feel like he he would have inherited a good team, but the only thing with the Cowboys, you have to deal with uh, Jerry Jones. Yeah, the, the answer, you, have, you have to basically be a yes man, to Jerry Jones, because Jerry Jones runs the team, not the head coach. So yeah. that's, that's one thing you have to think about when trying to take a quarterback job at the Cowboys. Yeah, but I mean, I wish they start Carson Wentz, but they ain't. They're not. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't either. Let's be real. <laughs> so yeah, what uh, else we got? Other big story. Uh, seems like refereeing. I got it written down here as the F and ref, and so use your imagination on the graphic on the screen on your <laughs> on what the graphic would be. But you know, it seems like this this week more so than other weeks, or maybe we say this every week. The refereeing was absolute dog shit this week, wasn't it? Oh man, it was it was if it's not one thing over here, it's one thing in another game, and then of course it's the whole thing of what is a pass interference because I've seen a <laughs> why lot. Do we of have to keep, why do we have to keep asking this question? It like <laughs> if, I feel like okay, if we're asking this question with like you know very um, on the fence type of examples, mm-hmm. then sure, then maybe then you should think about like okay, maybe is it or is it not? But the example you know we'll 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 talk about the commanders examples first. Mm-hmm. The, the Taylor Heineke on the fourth and goal to tie the game, he threw a pass to Curtis Samuel and the uh, Giants defensive back Darnay Darnay Holmes was uh, basically draped on top of him. He was basically that uh, Curtis Curtis Samuel's backpack, and mm-hmm. they didn't call pass interference on it. And it just kind of like it really leaves a bad taste in your mouth, right? Yeah, um, and unfortunately, it's one. And I know one of those things that. You know, we're told by coaches is that it shouldn't have to be decided by a bad referee call or something like that. You should have been beating them before that call and stuff like that. But damn, like in the moment, it sucks. Yeah, it it, sucks. It, you can't. You, you everybody, everybody has short term memory, right? So they only remember the last thing that they see, and that was pretty much the last thing they saw. But you know, it's not a guarantee that the 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 commanders would have you know um, scored on the following play or. Um, even convert. I think they needed to get a two point conversion to, to tie the game. Mm-hmm. You know, this, none of that was guaranteed, but you just hate that it was left to the zebras on the field because on the play before, so this play was on a fourth and sixth, uh, you know, fourth Terry, and goal. Is this the Terry McLaurin one? Yeah, this is the Terry Maybe McLaurin. Someone actually broke it, somewhat broke it down in another tweet that I saw too, but go ahead because like I have my thoughts on it as well. Okay. Yeah. So the fourth and goal that the Curtis Samuel had PI'd on. It was at the six-yard line, but on the previous play, it was at fourth and one. And mm-hmm. on the goal line prior to the play, you see Terry McLaurin line up on the wide side of the field from the, the TV camera. He looks over to the referee, and the ref he's like, am I good? And even like gives him like a little thumbs-up gesture. Referee acknowledges it. And so, I heard the referee, I someone said the referee just didn't really say anything. The referee just looked. He didn't even give a thumbs-up. He was just like, it, you, you thought it was a nod or a twitch, but the ref said nothing. And it looked like some talking was happening on the side because then he threw the flag after the play. It was so stupid. It was like, bro, I just checked with you. Yeah, it, so it, it's it's kind of tough because it's everybody, a lot of he said, she said type of things going around. But a lot of people are saying that they what they lip read or read from the body language was, you know, it looked like Terry was asking, am I good? Because, you know, he, was, he had the thumbs up gesture. And mm-hmm. it looked like the referee acknowledged it and gave it maybe a nod or said yes or something like that. Or maybe t- I think Terry scooted up slightly after that interaction, and then you know he said, "Am I good?" And immediately after the ball was snapped, the flag was thrown. Like so, it just it seemed like a sus situation because you know in this situation, you know the point of the game, you don't 
referees don't want to call or don't want to throw flags, you know, to decide games unless it. They say <laughs> that, but there's a lot that. of refs and over the years that have said like, oh, yeah, we've done certain things to get certain outcomes to happen or something like that. Yeah, because you, you can tell from the PI. You could tell from the, the the PI no call right after I, <laughs> but it was because that that play was you know the the thing that was bad about that play too was that Brian Robson he dove in he got a touchdown like you know the commander should have been tied right then and there, but it just it just seemed like some head ass refereeing <laughs> that went down. Yeah, man, that's it's stupid. What else we uh, got? So there was uh, the Raiders TD that mm-hmm. tied up the game. So Raiders game. Do you want to break down? Can you give me a play by play of what happened to end that game? Um, I didn't see that one. You're talking about Keelan. You're talking about Keelan Cole. You're talking about the other one that ended the game because I've seen the one that ended the game, but not Keelan Cole. If you want uh, okay, to yeah, yeah, I could say the Keelan Cole one because the 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 one that ended the game. That's the one everybody's talking about because you know that was like you knew that the moment that ball left Jacoby Myers' hands, like what the that's not that's not a correct direction to throw the football. But the the score that set up a tie game leading up to that play was uh, a touchdown grab from uh, by Keenan Cole from 30 yards out. Um, and it looked like from everybody's perspective, even the TV commentators, you know, announcers, very, mm-hmm. various announcers across everything, that Keenan Cole was obviously out of bounds. Like, they were even saying, like, Oh, uh, that's that's what that tweet was. I saw from someone saying, "Well, that was a great that was a great like TD grab by the Raiders." But like, we know that's not a touchdown. And then I remember like looking at the score, and I was like, "Wait, it was a touchdown?" Like, yeah, you know, they, like it, it was an actual like they said there wasn't a touchdown, but there I clearly see a touchdown. Yeah, and so they called it thirty seconds left. And, you know, this they scored this with thirty seconds left, and that's what led up to that play. But every like, I think one of the announcers even said like. You know, Keelan Cole, like, kicked up chalk, you know, from his cleats when he was taking a step. Like, you know, that's very obviously – that means you're out of bounds, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. the, the, the fucking ref in, on that was uh, – what was the – what's the excuse that they always use? Unoverturnable evidence? What is it, What is the expression? I don't, I don't know the expression, but I know they have, like, a certain statement they can just say to, like, just say, hey, you just take this ruling. Yeah, and Deal so that <laughs> Raiders basically got handed the win on that one, which is <laughs> kind of ridiculous. But last one I had on the, under the refereeing was uh, this one doesn't matter so much, uh, and the grand scheme of things. But you know, Vikings Colts, what a game! You know, Colts had a thirty-three point lead leading up to the um, or at the half. Uh, but one of the things that people truly the, the truly the Colts won this game, right? Truly the Colts won this game, and Jeff Saturday is on his way to getting a long term deal as Colts head coach after beating the ten and three Vikings. Oh, but, of course. But Shannon Sullivan on the Vikings had two essentially fumble return touchdowns that were called off by refs whistles, and those ones didn't matter in the end. But you kind of I'm score would have been worse, basically, right? Yeah, I, but you know, I mean, I love my defense, and so you know, when you take the when you take points off the board for a defensive player, I gotta I gotta write it down. But it was one of those judgment calls, like oh, forward progress was stopped or that kind of thing, and you know, or maybe like the play was whistled dead before the the runner stopped making forward progress, and it just you know, it was one of those things where I wish I like seeing defenses score because I like seeing the team celebrations in the end zone. <laughs> but that was a that was a bad one. Man, it's just a uh, I don't know what else to say because I actually did I. I was actually still working at this time. So like, I remember just taking a peek at like the discord and I was like, yeah, I, I just saw like, I, I went past all the game day chatter stuff and I was just like, okay, cool. I was like, wait, what? Cause I just saw a tweet saying like, they were it's like how, uh, you know, 
what was it then and like what is it now kind of thing and i was just like oh shit is it they were thir- up 33-0 at half and they <laughs> lost 30 what was it 36 to 39 what happened Matt Ryan now holds he holds multiple things. I think he holds because someone posted NFC, a graphic. NFC championship, postseason, regular season, like all the seasons. Super like, Bowl. Yeah. And Super Bowl. Yeah. And oh so he's God. he's got the, some of the most iconic losses or you know, most lopsided losses or come or gave up the most comebacks, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan basically just needs to hang it up at this point, doesn't he? Um Yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't know because it's like you think you thought the Colts were going to be good because they just needed a quarterback. The Colts just needed a quarterback, but not even their rookie quarterback can help them. And Matt Ryan's in, right? So I've even been seeing a lot of people just saying in mock drafts lately, like, yeah, they should just go and get a quarterback. And I'm just like, damn, even even for Sam Ellinger, like that's the rookie quarterback on the team right now. They're like, yeah, no, no, he ain't, he ain't doing it for the team. He ain't showing them enough to be like, I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the captain now. I'm the uh, captain. Oh. But yeah, Matt Ryan. So um, let me ask you this. So yeah. we've we we had some strong thoughts on Jeff Saturday when he took the job, and you know he did come out with he did come out with a win against the Raiders, um, which is something that I can't say we did. But you know we've seen a few games of him as head coach. What do you, what are your thoughts on Jeff Saturday' experience? What do you think that his future holds for him? Oh, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He shouldn't have had the position in the first place. I'm still on that. I'm still in that camp. And um, the Colts are a shit show right now as a franchise, from the owner all the way down. Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. Do you think he he has a career in the NFL, even at the uh, lower levels, maybe as a coordinator? Or I don't think he could be. I'm not saying he couldn't, because if you throw someone in a position, they're going to have to learn on the fly, like he's doing right now with head coaching in an NFL team, because he was just at a high school level. I don't think he even deserves to even go down to an offensive coordinator. But that means he's taking away someone else's potential to get that spot. Because the fact that you literally just came out of nowhere and became head coach of the team instead of any of the other people on that staff, I'm like to this day that that is like a spit in the face kind of thing. It just makes you wonder, like, who thought this was a good idea? Jim Mercer thought this was a good idea, but where did that? <laughs> what kind of what kind of decision making is that? Yeah, <laughs> Because he was like, oh, I saw, I saw Jeff Saturday. He was drawing, he was drawing lines on the TV really good. He must know how to coach my football team, my billion dollar nice, football and team. We, we also had a nice dinner too, and he was just telling me like the good old days when things were great. And I was like, you know what? I drank that Kool Aid, and I said, come be our head coach. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you just kind of like, if you're a Colts fan, you're not having fun, but like, just it maybe it maybe you know it'll serve in as a, as an example for future franchises as they go through yeah, turmoil because this was not how to do it. Yeah, yeah, and I was gonna say I personally, in terms of like what's happening with certain teams out there in the league, I'm fine with the situation we have with the Seahawks. We're yeah. just it's just frustrating with you know defense, but we actually had we had fun. We have fun parts too, seeing new pieces and all that stuff, like who we can build around and all that type of stuff. Like see other talent and see how our offense can operate differently than with Russell Wilson. But other teams are literally having like a shit show, like with the Colts. You, I don't yeah. know. Like other like the Houston Texans are just just playing bad. Hey, give, give Texans some credit. They took they almost beat the Cowboys two weeks ago, and they took uh, they almost beat the the Chiefs this week. Almost they, ain't they, enough. Almost they, ain't enough though. Almost is a sign of what can what can come though, and I think that defense has actually started you know rounding out really well. It might I don't know the Davis Mills experiment should continue. Maybe they're they got. You know, they got the number one overall pick. Maybe they need to spend it on a quarterback. We'll see what happens. But at the very least, at least we're not the Denver Broncos this season. Or, you know, at least we're not Denver Broncos fans. Excuse me. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, one other thing, you know, while we're talking about coaches and stuff like that, should we, you want to take a, you want to take a look at coach of the year candidates as we, you know, as we're heading towards the end of the season? I mean, there's not much else to say except for like, I mean, maybe Nick Sirianni from the Eagles. Um, Dan he's, he's, pro- he's probably the easiest one to, to right. point out, right? That's, a, that's the highest record. You, you, you're like, basically Jalen Hurts is having a, a great season. He's injured right now. Might probably just be out for the rest of the regular season just to be good for playoffs. But I feel like Nick Sirianni is like at the top. And then maybe your two interesting people down below might be Mike McDaniel and Dan Campbell. Or maybe if it's exciting enough because they have the media behind them, Brian Dabble. So yeah, even Robert Sala. Robert Sala too, because you basically turned like basically if you you could even say like if their running back didn't get injured and stuff like that, they might even have a better record than they have right now. And like the fact that you're turning around the Jets in that short of a period of time, like to the point where it's like, I think they're not fully in the playoffs yeah they're on the bubble still because they're also seven and seven at the moment but like at the same time though like yeah like it it really could have been um you never know like with the jets they could still obviously they have to just do something with the patriots or whatever they need to do so it's it's still cool Uh, yeah and the fact that he turned that defense into basically i would say at least top five maybe even top three defense yeah in the in the span of like two seasons is Pretty unreal. I mean, yeah, he benefited from. <laughs> you're welcome because he had our first round picks from the Jamal Adam trade, but yep. uh, or maybe it was three years. Has it been three years since he's been head coach? The, the picks they used in this past uh, draft was from the Seahawks. It, it, it yeah. was the last set of picks from the Jamal Adams trade. So yeah, so one one person that probably doesn't get enough credit, um, Kyle Shanahan. You know, time in and time out, that team has always been producing, it's no matter weird. who's at the quarterback position. I weird, thought right? I thought it was gonna be like uh I don't know I, I thought we I thought they were gonna be struggling more but yeah looking at them now they're just uh especially after that trade you know who knows man I don't know if it's like coach of the year material but um one thing know. that we should clarify though is um coach of the year doesn't mean coach of you know forever and it's it's more like uh um because Adam and I were talking about this before too. Uh, it's more of like a, a year, you know, year, year in review type of position or award, right? Yep. Yeah. And yep. so like, guy, I think guys, like some guys, like in 2016, I think Jason Garrett won it and he got fired a few years later. Matt Nagy famously won it in 2018, which is, which is pretty wild. Matt and Nagy. Is it Nagy or Nagy? Nagy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won it and, you know, that was pretty wild and obviously got fired a few years later as well. But yeah, it's it's a fun thing to think about. But I think Nick Sirianni is probably taking take, taking the the cake on that one, especially with like with Jalen Hurts. People thought he wasn't the truth, and then now look at them like they almost went undefeated, thirteen and one. And especially with the um with like the records you're seeing on the NFC side of things, it's a tough. It's still a tough NFC. Um, it's a tight you know, NFC. We'll say that. Tight. Everything is because we got the Lions up there now too, and so you know. yeah. But I mean, a lot of people were saying the AFC was that much better, but like you still see the typical teams in the Bills and the Chiefs, and of course the Bengals, Titans. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, if I put the Seahawks against the Titans, they'll just run on us. But at the same time, like, I don't know. It's not looking all that to me compared to what I'm seeing still from the NFC, like from the Giants. You got the Giants coming in all of a sudden. You got the Commies coming in all of a sudden. Now you got the Lions saying, "Hey, knock knock." We want a piece of that pie, that playoff pie too. So yeah, you know. it'd be pretty wild if the entire NFC East made it into the playoffs. That would be. I think it's. Is it possible for them all to be in? Yeah, because um, there are three wild card spots. 
Yeah, but that isn't that also dependent on what happens with like the Giants and the that's, that's that'll be weird if they all make it in. I feel like one of them is going to get kicked out. I think we hold the tiebreaker over the Giants, so hopefully, hopefully they are the ones. Oh, that's true. So um, ugh, yeah, we're we're literally on the edge. We're outside on the bubble. We're knocking on the door. We just and have we, to win we have no some one to, games. We have no one to blame but ourselves. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't. I think that's all I have for around the league. Anything else you wanted to touch on before we move on? Nah, let's just get into those Week 15 games already. Lay them on me, buddy. Yeah, Steelers at Panthers, uh, 24-16 Steelers. We both got this one wrong. Um, did you Did you watch this game? I didn't at all. I didn't even know what happened. <laughs> oh, well, because here's the thing. We definitely did not look at the schedule like we should have. And then, like There was games based. There was like a, uh, what was it? It was like over there was the Saturday past, games. Yeah, yeah, but over like the past, what was it? Like five days or the past few days or something like that. It was like a total of like what, four or five games already happening and stuff like that. I was like, oh, shoot. And that's what it messed me up even for my playoff, but that's just for my playoff in fantasy, but that's just me. But <laughs> like for the Steelers and uh, for Steelers at Panthers, though, it seems like uh, Kenny Pickett's is he's out of the concussion protocol now, right? Yeah. And so he should be uh, ready for next week's game, but they came out with a win out of this one. So nothing to nothing to complain about. Yeah, and it looks like I guess they might all be tied. Like the Jaguars, the Raiders, Browns, and Steelers are all six and eight. So it's like they still could fight for a spot, maybe. I don't know. Weird, <laughs> which is hilarious. It's very weird because they have five playoff berths still happening um, on the AFC side of things. But the um, one to keep an eye on, I think you you talked to me up here. You brought it up to me. I wasn't even aware of it until you mentioned it. Was the uh, Jaguar situation? Yeah, they have a chance to get to the playoffs too. Because <laughs> Titans, Titans are Titans are the equivalent of the Seahawks. They started out really hot. They were sitting pretty at, you know, the midway point, and they've just been tumbling and tumbling and tumbling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because but the, it's weird because they're just in a bad. Um, they're in the AFC South and they're seven and seven with uh. So AFC South and like the NFC South, yeah, are like your ones that are just bad this year. So yeah. oh, I need to catch up on those um, on those videos for that. Someone someone does skits for each of those divisions and it's 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 just so funny like when they represent each team mm-hmm. but anywho yeah seven and seven titans and you have the six and eight jack uh jacksonville jaguars which oh my god that was a game but before we get to that game eagles at bears 25 uh 20 eagles we were obviously both right in this case but Jalen hurts got out with a sprained shoulder and you know he, he that's i think the most the biggest takeaway i think um i think uh oh shit why am i blanking on bears quarterback's name Justin is it justin Fields. Field? Yeah, yeah. Well, Justin Fields was also kind of in and out with injury as well, too. And you know, that's something that, that you, big touchdown run. He did have that big touchdown run. I think Justin Fields is on the cusp of being like what we have seen great quarterbacks been like for the last couple of years in terms of like the guys that kind of spring out of nowhere. So I wouldn't be surprised next year if he kind of just turns it up and you know just kind of plays like to like a Jalen Hurts level of you know offensive output because he's really close to that. I think. Yeah, it's just that Justin Fields is by himself, and he's just been getting injured a lot this season, which is going to have implications uh, down the line. But the big thing is that the Bears just need to build around him. But it, like one, I already know that like for their draft, they're basically just going to go to. They're definitely with their first overall, not first overall, but they're like what three or four, depending where they are. Uh, they also got the. They also got the pick for. Um... Shoot, what is it? What was his name? And I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting it now. The linebacker. He went to Ravens. Uh, not Reuben Foster. Oh, yeah, Reuben no. Foster, wasn't it? No, 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 not Reuben Foster. I think he's on the Jets. But, um, Brian, not Brian. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, go ahead because I I know I know the like the linebacker you're talking. It was Ruben Foster because no, it was no, it wasn't. Oh, I thought it was Laqu- or Roquan Smith. Roquan, okay, it's an R. That's so a, I think that's as I can get. Yeah, Roquan so Smith. Got, I remember that. Yeah, so they got a second and fifth out of them out of him. So they're obviously looking to add pieces. You know, they have no so. choice but to. They definitely need an offensive line because their offensive line is in shambles, and it's like the Bears are just always sometimes on the cusp of getting those wins, but. Because, like, this game's only 25-20. I don't know if it was, like, towards the end the Bears started scoring or anything like that. But if anything, Jalen Hurts is sprained, uh, has a sprained shoulder. I think he just might be out for the rest of the season just for the regular season, though, just so he can come back healthy for the playoffs. Because I think they only need about one game to clinch the first. Uh, the top seed. Yeah, the top seed. So, And, you know, with that, they get an extra bye week. So that'd be even better. It's like right. if you can – it's basically like if you can – depending on this week, maybe you can – rest Justin or Jalen Hurts for an, almost a whole month before the playoffs even really start right yep so we'll see how we'll see how that shakes out for the rest of the year um the next game which was a very interesting one because I remember actually watching just the score was the Chiefs at Texans uh we were right the about the Chiefs winning but it was like just barely with a 30 to 24 and like the Chiefs almost lost that game but again Texas just can't they just don't have the talent or whatever just to hold on to those wins yeah, and it kind of they kind of ended up shooting themselves on the foot because Texans held the lead in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. Which, if if we can put on a defensive performance like the Texans did, something comparable, and execute on the offensive side of the football, you know, I have hope. But you know, I have I've had hope for the last seven weeks, and I have lost hope six times out of the last seven weeks. So, um, <laughs> Chiefs did win. Chiefs win came on a play where Davis Mills fumbled it, and deep in the end zone, and then Jarek McKinnon came in with a big run. Um, to seal the deal in overtime and so you know if it, it texans interesting team to watch as of late for a top seed but i think they're you know they're they're playing to their limit in terms of skill level yeah they're not keeping mills i'm just gonna let you know about that they're definitely gonna get a quarterback if like at this unless they're gonna do a let's just build the team up but i think they're gonna go and get another quarterback because and i think brandon pierce got hurt in this game too i didn't i don't mm-hmm. know if, uh I, I don't know what came out of that but i think i saw him on the sideline for a bit and so you know that's something to keep an eye on too because we love the way he runs but yeah but this we'll see how you know like the, the, with the texans just i think even my it's funny because even my mother has season season tickets, so I, I think she went or no, like I think my fam part of my family went to that game for like a little bit. And I was like, wow, they actually at least got to see part of a good game with the with the Texans this season. So, you know, um, you guys got that deep freeze coming in Texas, and that's going to probably affect these games and next. Oh, it's going to affect every game because uh, it's like you even have a Florida, like, even with that deep freeze coming in, though even Florida ha- is going to see single digit stuff too. So Are it's you just, yeah, in Florida, go go in, yeah, it's. I call global warming. I need you all to just understand that this is what global warming does. You're going to have extreme temperatures like this. Like if you actually see the actual uh, real quick, like the actual um, like the heat map or whatever, like they do or the Doppler map or whatever it's called, like that whole that big blue ball goes through like the whole U.S. And it's, yeah. everything's turning into blue, even like Florida gets touched by it, and I'm like, sheesh. So. Yeah, hopefully you ain't got. Hopefully you over you over in Texas you ain't got to deal with ERCOT bullshit. You get you don't have to deal with 
you don't have to deal with surging power prices and all that. So it depends because okay. like it just depends on what Texas does with freezes and stuff like that. And if something happens to the power and stuff, it's not like I don't think we have to worry about the roads or anything like that, hopefully. But um, it's only for like that Wednesday to like Friday area because like after that, every all the temperatures start regulating again, if not that Friday. So it's it's, it's gonna it's still going to be cool. But yeah, all games are definitely going to get affected. You got some games out there like again, like even what Seahawks are about to play in, it's about to be cold as hell. So, yeah. you know, shout out to all those football players playing in the snow and stuff. Cause they say this, that's the football weather right there. Yeah. It just doesn't seem safe, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the next game, which is the favorite because I love chaos was Cowboys at Jaguars. Love and to see it. <laughs> just love, love to see, see it. it. I, I got that one, right? Cause like, Hey, I'm like, <laughs> you were chaos. head ass with those picks. <laughs> you were like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm very head ass with those picks, man. Because, um, uh, Adam, don't lie. Adam, you saw that score, and you just so you just quiet, evil laugh to yourself. You're just like, at <laughs> <laughs> the, the anime flash over the glasses as like the hands are just like <laughs> the fingers are interlocked and stuff. So it was really nice that uh, they forced they got that OT. So they went to OT first. Um, that's the only reason why I kept up with it. I have Dak as my QB. So I was like, oh, Dak is throwing cute, like you know, he's throwing th- touchdowns, and I was like, oh wait, that score is kind of getting tight. And then, because I saw it through fantasy, and I was like, oh, shoot, they're going to overtime. And then I saw the play with the pick six, and I said, damn. Nice. But you probably, in your league, do you take, uh, you do you lose extra points if a quarterback throws a pick six? Yeah, you lose some points for that, but that didn't really affect me um, in my leagues at all in this case. Um, we'll talk about what happened with my with one of my teams that went to playoffs later, but um it didn't affect me too much. I just remember seeing like the the highlights of like the Cowboys game, and I said, "Oh wow!" Because there was even a thing about uh, Trevor Lawrence saying like the past four or five games he's only had like one interception and like fourteen so, touchdowns or something 14, crazy. Like- fourteen touchdowns, a lot of yards. Because Evan Ingram in the game in last week's game had like eleven receptions for like a hundred and forty something yards and a one or two touchdowns and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's crazy and at least it's it's starting to click, like you said, like uh, with Doug Peterson at the helm. So they're definitely showing they can be some type of contender, especially this is really good to see going into next year. It, it solidifies Doug Peterson as a head coach for a uh, head coach there, as well as how they can build upon that success. Yeah, for sure. Um, next game, uh, Lions at Jets, 2017 Lions. We both got this one right. And of course, that was a very close game between like the two underdog teams that no one ever thought, you know, they had like the high picks and all that type of stuff, but no one ever thought they were going to get this high for both of them. But yeah. dude, with some of those risks that the Lions take on the sideline, I just imagine Dan Campbell has just got like a tall boy in his hand. And he's just shouting out plays like, fuck it, do it live. Like, <laughs> do it live. I'm making a play right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are, those, they, they got some balls, dude. And I think they're going all in got on Jared Goff. Got that grit, as yeah, if you will. Grit. If you remember from, <laughs> from hard knocks in the beginning like their whole thing was grit like that's their thing um but like yeah, they, one thing that you know so lions hold the rams pick mm-hmm. and if they're going all in on jared goff i can see them adding another defensive lineman and just completely solidifying this d-line because i think yeah. you shared it with me they have two of the top uh rookie rush or sack leaders in the yes. league right yes uh, aiden hutchinson i can't remember the other individual's name but yeah, he because he started. He just start in. Okay, so the other individual, which I don't even know where I. I thought I saved it, but regardless, um, actually, I'm gonna look up his name because I want to do. I love. Uh, hang on a second, Lions. While you're doing that, I, I get, but just like you know, with that defense, 
Mm-hmm. Like, um, if if that team solidifies its defense, I think it's found its identity on offense. You know, it just kind of makes the TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson trade seem a little weird because now you're looking at it from a perspective of like, oh shit, this team can actually do something. <laughs> like they traded away TJ Hawkinson and then they go on like a, they win in like, they win five of six or six of seven or whatever it is, like something crazy like that, right? Oh yeah, for sure, man. Like it's, it's really cool. Um, well, for them, they have like two, oh man, I cannot believe they have, it, it sucks. Like I want, I want those two like r- defensive rookies doing that. Like I think uh, Aiden Hutchins has seven sacks right now or seven and a half. And then the other dude has uh five, if I remember correctly. So um, I can't really find them right now. Cause yeah, they, and then Jamison Williams has, he's been back too. So that's been, oh, yeah, yeah. he came back from injury. Yeah. He'd been, he's been back for like, I think this is like a second. That was this, this week was his past was his second or third game. He's been back. So I think it was either Josh, either Josh Pascal or, yeah, Josh Pascal or yeah, I think it was Josh Pascal. I thought no, it was something somebody else. Regardless, uh, it's really cool to see like the Lions doing what they're doing right now, and just, of course, just get having that grit, and then they're just winning games, and apparent you know they can even have a playoff berth happen for them right now. So, which is really really wild to see. Dan Campbell is probably the epitomization or like the the personification of the expression, you know, trust the process because. The halfway point, everybody was looking like, "All right, did we fire the guy?" And I think, um, well, Zach, is this his second or third uh, year? He's like, in his second year, and so you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're because they didn't do anything last year, so if they continued their trajectory this year, he probably wouldn't have had a job at the end of the season because you know he'd probably win only like four games out of the last staying. two years. He's definitely staying. Like after I don't... <laughs> after this run that they're going on, like this is the process working. Like you know, if if only. Teams, other teams that are looking at, are looking on on this, like even the, even the Jaguars, like, you know, other teams looking in on this, like, man, I wish we could execute like this, like the Texans and that kind of thing too. Cause if they, if they had some semblance of hope, they would keep that franchise alive. Yeah. And the, the guy that had the, um, I had it wrong. It's not, it wasn't Pascal that had the other one. It's James outside linebacker, James Houston. He was, yeah. uh, he was chosen in round six, 200, uh, number 217th pick overall. He's from, I can't see, something, uh, I forget where he's from. Oh, no, that's something else. Um, no way. Is he from where I think he's from? Hold up. Give me one second, because if he's from where I think he's from, give me one second, man. He is from 24 years old. That's nice. James uh, Houston, the fourth, actually. They the just fourth. The fourth. He's got um, portraits of his family in his home. <laughs> bro, he came from Jackson State. Did he really? Oh, yeah. then he, he was Dion's. He, he was on Dion's team. Yes, because he so he was at Florida first, and that was one of the players that Dion pulled from. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he actually had people transfer. This is when like when he was there for on his second season, uh, transitioning into his second season. Dion Sanders had a lot of players uh, use the uh, the portal to go to Jackson State, and he was one of those players. He came for that one season, and after that season, he got picked in the sixth round. So, if anything. We have people from HBCUs up in there making, uh, you know, making contributions and stuff. So, hey, James Houston, welcome, my man. But uh, <laughs> five, oh yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, has, Aiden Hutchinson has seven, and then Houston has five. And the thing about Houston is that for the the Lions, he's the third rookie since sacks were created in 1982 to record a sack in each of his first four career games. Yeah, that's wild, man. 
And that's just that's just James Houston, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And then Aiden Hutchinson just kind of got hot in the past like four or five weeks, like getting an interception in like two games in a row and stuff. So it's really it's really nice to to watch that, and especially for people that like to play Madden and like to just say, "Oh, I want to go and you know rebuild a franchise." You can build it. You could definitely build it around the Lions at this point. But it's just it's just up to you to see like where you see uh, Jared Goff if he's your quarterback of the future or not. So that's about yeah, it. yeah, for sure um cards so next game was cards at broncos um wow um the fact that the broncos got the win 24 i hate it i hate that i was right i hate it <laughs> you wanted to pick the broncos damn you but uh i did it like a reverse psychology like a jinx type of thing you were like that was you like oh i want some chaos well you got chaos all right and i think what happened was um yeah mccoy mccoy had, had got injured and uh yeah, it's bad. Like they're on their third third quarterback. It's just bad season. I don't even. I want. I have to go and watch the rest of Hard Knocks for the Cardinals because my fiance has a ball with it. She'll just be like, uh, "We'll just be watching a game, and it'll be." I think it was like the Seahawks game, and they were talking about like all the cards has to do is lock in, do this, and I was like, "And the uh, the cards did not lock in that day." And like we would just because <laughs> you know, like you know what happened at the, each of these games because I remember specifically like the Seahawks won in another game and like. I got her to just cackle so hard, <laughs> but she was just like she, she was just like holding her stomach when I did all those little announcements. Like, and the the cards did not. Like, it, oh, like a narrator, and the cards did not handle this very well. Like type type of thing. So it was a uh, it's it's just bad on the cards this season. Um, I don't they know. They might they might not win another game this season, which is yeah, kind of where it stands. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Next game is Titans at Chargers. 17-14 Chargers. We were both right, even though it's a very close game. Um, really like the de- like the Titans defense, if anything, they will be ones to fight. It's just not enough when your offense can't do anything else for you. Kevin Byard is kind of like the heart of that defense. It's like yes. he's one of those underrated safeties that every team wishes that they have because that guy just executes and he throws his life into it. Yeah, and then of course with the Titans being in the same division as the Jags, we talked about earlier. Now the Jags are catching up to them, and I think they have one more game with each other before the season's over, unless they've already had their games. Do they already have their two games? I I think so, but I'm not sure. But I, the one the one takeaway I had at this game was like Titans probably had one of the coolest picks I've ever seen. Like uh, one of the defensive backs, um, McCreary. Mm-hmm. Um, he caught the ball. He was still, he, or you know, he was in bounds. He made, he was jumping towards out of bounds. Caught the ball, did a chest pass to his teammate who was in bounds, and it was ruled an interception because yeah. he never touched out of bounds. So it was like you see it, and it's like one of those things that you try to do when you're playing basketball with your friends in school or something like that, where you're like yeah. basically running out of, or where you you save the ball from going out of bounds. But he did that with a football, which is wild. That's that's funny, but unfortunately with the Titans, it's 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 nice to see that they can run the ball with uh, with King Henry, but it's just not enough. They need yeah. something more, man, and they're hurting. So <laughs> that's all I can say about the Titans. And then Chargers, they got to win, and I think they're still on track to get a playoff spot. So we'll see what happens with them. Don't know if they're good to go like to be a Super Bowl contender though. Unfortunately, but hey, someone's got to be a dark horse somewhere. Um, Bengals at uh, at Buccaneers, thirty four twenty three Bengals. We were both right, and this is one of those games where like it was actually going the way of the buck. Uh, it was so there was like a there was a tweet where it had four like stats for like the percentages of like winning, and the worst one I think was the Raiders with the Patriots, which is the next game we're talking about. It was definitely Bengals at, at Bucks too, 
and it's just funny. I think there was the Lions and no, was it Lions? It was another team. Cowboys at Jaguars was another one, of course, because of that uh, OT uh, pick six. But um, I think they were saying that twelve games this week were decided by one score, which is like the most in NFL history. Oh, really? Okay, that makes sense. Uh, one thing that uh, you know, the, I think the Buccaneers at halftime only had three points, so that 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 should paint the picture of what happened with this team. And so, like the or sorry, the Bengals only had three points. So I don't know if I said the Buccaneers. But the Buccaneers in the second half had seven total drives. Mm-hmm. One of them, the, excluding the last drive, which ended in a touchdown when the game was kind of out of touch. Yeah, five of five of the six drives ended in turnovers of some form. Whether if it was Ooh. Tom Brady fumble, Leonard Fournette fumble, Tom Brady pick, turnover on downs, like five of six drives in the second half ended with a turnover, and you just can't win that because you're just giving up the ball deep in your own field. That's that's wild, and I think that's just one of those things that like people thought the Bucks were gonna be like you know going for another Super Bowl, but I think um do you think uh, Tom Brady is gonna like just keep going until he just can't go or what? Like, hey, he doesn't have a family anymore, so he's probably gonna go until he breaks. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> dang man, <laughs> that's kind of cruel, but yeah, no, he's a. I think I think he'll go as long as his body lets him, and so yeah, yeah. I don't think I still don't think his body's gonna let up on him. So at least another year. Yeah. I, I, I can see that one to two maybe at most but at this stage like after a while it's like we got you gotta let some like you gotta let something in at this point tom but um, if it's not him the buccaneers organization are gonna have to make a move as well too you know at some point they're not gonna be able to play at a high level they're gonna need to rebuild basically um she, she maybe the Colts will make a move for this for tom brady oh my God. <laughs> i'm sorry tom brady ain't going to the Colts. He, i know he's watched the Colts situation and i know he's not going over there Especially, Especially after all those years of rivalry with Peyton Manning, too. I don't think basically, I don't think he's going. On. And then he doesn't want to be in a cold state. That's the thing. He wants to be in a warm state. That's why he's in Florida, of all places. Hey, so, you just said it's going to be single digits down there. It ain't so good all the time. Well, it's, just, it's temporary. Yeah. <laughs> but anywho, uh, next game, uh, Patriots at Raiders. 30-24 Raiders, because I was just riding the hot hand of the Raiders. I was right. Um, that Barely. Was- that was that was the dumbest play I've ever seen, but also the most, most amazing play. Arguably the worst worst way to lose than the Colts. Like the Colts was like watching the Titanic sink. This was like watching the Hindenburg go down. Oh man, it was it was funny because like all they literally had to do was just run the Patriots had to run the ball, go to overtime. That's all you had to do. But yeah. no. You, they tried they tried to get clever. They tried to be clever, toss the ball, uh yeah, it was a Chandler Jones that uh, caught it and then ran it in. Yeah, Chandler Jones, he caught it and he saw Mac Jones in front of him. He was like, "All right, I'm just gonna lay this, lay the law down on you really quick." And on my way to the end zone. Oh man, that's just it's wild, man. Um, that to me, that's just wild how that game ended. Everyone knows about that play. Go see it. Go watch the highlight. It's just funny, but that's just like the worst. I think that's like the worst Patriot loss I've ever seen. If anything, so, I. I I, I am like Bill Belichick. I know wanted to shoot every single one of those players. <laughs> like he he wanted to he wanted to do violence upon them at the very least when he saw oh. that. But yeah, there's not much else to be said except for like that was a stupid decision to do all of the tosses and stuff because like most of the time those don't even work out. It's yeah. like a miracle thing, really. So uh, next game up, we had Dolphins at Bills, thirty-two twenty-nine Bills. We were both right, and I think there was something around. Uh, like contention if not like just trying to get that final score and stuff it just didn't work out for the for the dolphins so not too sure what happened i didn't get a chance to watch but i knew it was snowing heavily that game and it was very yeah. cold 
they were it was it was a it was a unique situation type of game but it was one of those games that was kind of going back and forth for a little bit and just bills just came out on top yeah and you know this this is the interesting thing about this is dolphins are now on a three-game losing streak after being look after looking you know unbeatable i don't think they were unbeatable it was just the fact that people love to watch waddle and tyree Ty- hill yeah you know like go off and stuff like that so oh my my turn for a fun fact yes sir Tua is leading the Pro Bowl voting. Really? Yeah. I think it, I think he deserves it. I believe he deserves it personally. I'm thinking who would I put? I mean, I'm surprised they didn't put like Josh Allen in front of him or you know like those kind of guys. But like Josh, you know, Josh Allen and is gonna like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. It's not like they're not gonna make to the Pro Bowl. But at the same time, you have to see where Tua is with the team. Yes, he has pieces and stuff. But it's not, it's not as if, like, he still has to get the ball to them. And he's been making a lot of tight, accurate throws, if you actually watch some of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Brett Coleman has, like, some stuff on YouTube with his stuff that he actually centered one, in on that. So One of my favorite memes from early in the season was, hey, if you reverse the footage of Tua throwing the ball so he's a right-handed quarterback, it looked like he's slinging darts out there. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. That was a good one. Um, but, yeah, man, it's – um. I think Tua deserves it, not just because like the injury he got or anything like that, but he actually has improved to me as a as a quarterback in the league and stuff. Because this was literally like his make or break season. He's been he's been doing the best. He's been doing his best that he can out there, and it works for the Dolphins and and McDaniel. So more power to him, right? So um, next game, Ravens at Browns, thirteen three Browns. We were both right on this one because uh you know Lamar Jackson's out um Ravens don't really look like the team because you know their whole team's based around Lamar Jackson um but uh he hasn't been practicing still um I think Tyler week. Huntley was in and out as well I think he was dealing with injuries I can't remember if that was correct he got injured if anything or tweet like he had a, like a tweak injury like last week as well so it makes sense so uh and now the next game the one that everyone knows the Colts at Vikings 39 36 Vikings both right but it was like we were about to be proven so wrong, but then, you know, thirty-three to zero at the half, and blew it, and it blew it. The, they, the biggest choke in the history of the NFL because it, and it's all Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan owns every trophy. Well, that on, on those, yeah. And so, like one of those things is like the question around that loss because we need to talk about it is who do you put the blame on, Jeff Saturday or Matt Ryan? And it's kind of just both, right? Like yeah. you don't, you don't you don't hold all four of those titles if it's not something you're doing, but also on Jeff Saturday side of things like, X. you know, it's, you got 33 and zero, you know, it's a very clock driven game once you're up 33 and zero, but they just, they just couldn't execute. And that just Did ended not. up costing them the game. But yeah, facts, man. And that's, that's all you got to say. It hurts. Cause they did they, they lost at home. And I don't know, as a, fan, a Colts fan, you wanted to see all of that happening, but oof. Um, uh, no, they were, I think they were at, at Minnesota as well. I thought they were at uh they were at the Colts. No, they're I think they're they're playing in Minneapolis. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. So regardless, which is you know, so that that makes the experience better. I mean, imagine being one of those fans that left at halftime after seeing them down thirty three to zero. I'd only to see that come back, right? Right, man. Um. Oh, also, but, and Jonathan Taylor is on IR, and his season is done. Man, his his season never really started this year, right? Like, if you drafted him in fantasy, like, damn, I'm sorry. See it. Hate to see it. That's all I got to say. It was weird because, like, they had that one season where he was running the ball, and after that, it's like, let's not run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. We Why? have Matt Ryan. Why would we ever run the ball? Right. The other offense looked totally different at the beginning of this season, though, and I was just like, okay. Yeah, whatever goes. 
Right. Um, next one is uh, Falcons at Saints, 21-18 Saints. Uh, Canal, you got that one right. But, I mean, it's the Falcons and Saints, so it was like a coin flip of a game for me at this point. It's funny because they're both at the same skill level, so it's like, you know, any, anybody could have gone. I just went with a home team this time around. Yeah, and, like, the game was only a three-point difference, so why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, both, I think both the Falcons and the Saints, though, have shown, like, at least their core players you can build around, especially with Chris Olave on the Saints, which, like, granted, nothing against Olave, but, like, they shouldn't have made that pick or that trade. I think they did because it was a stupid trade. But um, Especially when you see all the wide receivers that came out of that first round. It's like, right. you know, your guy could have been there. Like, you know, yeah. there isn't all... You know, there, there isn't only one guy that would have fit into that system, but you know, you got your guy, you got your guy, but you also gave up a potentially, you know, top five pick to Fair, the yep, Eagles. X, yep. And uh, Drake London, he's been improving on the Falcons as well. So, I mean, I like kind of seeing those two. Uh, Desmond Ritter got some field time too. That is or, he, 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 I think it was his start. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, that's not bad. 21, 18 in your first start, but like, you know, it's just where the Falcons are right now. They're they're in a full rebuild, so we'll just see where they go. Um, finally, you had the Giants at the Commanders. Uh, we were both wrong on this one, and the Giants pulled through. But, of course, we talked about the, the refs issues and stuff like that. But um, Thibodeau had a good game, though. Yeah, uh, the, that was one of the things I noted. He uh, kind of came into his own in this game. He had, a, he had a strip sack that he returned for a touchdown, and that was – you know, with a score like twenty to twelve, that was that could have been a that's a deciding factor, right? Facts. And then finally, you had your Rams at Packers, and of course, Packers both right twenty four twelve. The Packers kind of scored very early and started just kind of running the ball from there on. So, yeah, and the the Baker hype kind of died down a little bit. I think he got a tud, but um, it's not. It wasn't as uh, it wasn't as great as the last week against the Raiders. Did you, did you see like the meme channels or, or the meme pages where they were basically like, "We love the Baker cycle because essentially um, he's now playing like shit. He, it follows the cycle. He got, a, <laughs> he got a new commercial, and then now he's like, you know, playing like shit again. You know, it just happens <laughs> every time. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But that's something to look at going forward. But oh. Uh, fun fact about that, uh, Matthew Stafford showed up on like his wife's podcast or something like that, and I think she asked him if like he was going to retire or something like that. You see the Rams have Baker Mayfield, right? Not saying like they're just winning all the games or anything, but he said that he's not retiring. So I don't know what that's going to look like for the Rams next year, but um, yeah. Hey, just hope he walks away whole. I mean, that's the only thing the only thing you hear about. I think he's 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 had concussions. He's dealing with an elbow injury. Now I think he has a shoulder injury as well. I think isn't that what he has all the injuries, basically. And if anything, it's all the injuries that he that he took um, while at the Lions as well, because he took so many injuries and he was even playing through them as well. So, yeah, but okay, we're on to the next thing. We're on the week 16 games, uh, the picks. So first off and first uh, first and foremost, Jaguars at Jets. Who you got? Oh, this is a tough one, actually, because Zach Wilson... Ah, oh, this fucking head ass. So going Jags. Oh, I, I shit. Don't. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. We both pick Jags on this one. Um, Jets, it's basically dependent on their quarterback play. Falcons That's at Ravens. Time. Yeah, Falcons at Ravens. I'm going Falcons on this one, for me personally. Um, uh, I don't know. I could, don't care. We're just going I Ravens. Know. Yeah, go Ravens. Um, I, think, I think the way with our picks have panned out now, I just need to tie or win one more in. I think I, I won the, all of our our weeks. Oh, I think it's, I thought it was already over. Like it's especially with the ties, I can't win if I wanted to. So I'm I just, think the record is right now five wins for me, two wins for you, and five ties. 
Yeah, so like I, that's pretty much unless I can just win each of these next games. Yeah, if you, if you next win week. three weeks straight, I think you can tie. <laughs> so there's hope for you, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, Lions at Panthers. I got Lions, Lions. which sucks because that means they're going to top us, <laughs> basically. Uh, unless Panthers just all of a sudden are just like no us, but um, no us. Yeah, like no, well, to be yeah. fair, Panthers are fighting for a, a playoff spot as well. Very uh, true. So uh, next up, we got Bills at Bears, and that's a Bills thing. That's a Billsy. I wouldn't be surprised if like the Bears kind of put up a fight, but Bills. Um, yeah. Saints at Browns. I want to say Browns, but then the Saints but defense can get you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm if on Saints. One. I'll just say Saints. I'm. A, let me think here. I'm gonna go Browns because. I don't know, maybe like Deshaun gets something together and whatnot, but we'll see. The weird thing about that team is that it feels like Nick Chubb's regressed a little bit. Or not regressed. It's hard to say a guy like Nick Chubb's regressed, but he's not putting up the numbers like he did before. Yeah. But that might have been a whole season thing. I'm not sure. They're switching quarterbacks and switching up gameplay. And then like as the games go on, depending on what they do, it's like Jonathan Taylor, too, with the Colts. So yeah. um, Seahawks at Chiefs. We're both saying it's Seahawks. Because we're head-ass uh, about it. At, yeah. Giants at Vikings, though. I, I want the Vikings to win, so I'm going to say Vikings. Let me think here. Oh, well, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you because, like, yeah, well, you want the Vikings to win, but their defense might hold them down, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Bengals at Patriots. Not a primetime game, though, I don't think. Yeah, Bengals at Patriots. One of the Bengals. Yeah. Joe Shikes, all the way, baby. Texans at Titans. Oh, this is a tough one. Because uh, the Texans, I want Texans. chaos, so I'm saying Texans. <laughs> I'll say Titans just for the fun of it. Um, next up, Commanders at 49ers. 49ers. <laughs> if they lose this one, I'll be I'll be like, what? This is a um, tough one now. This one. Yeah, because if Jalen Hurts is out, so the, the pick is Eagles at Cowboys. I know. So that's I'm yeah. going Eagles regardless, though. Yeah, fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> um, uh, Raiders at Steelers. I'm gonna ride the hot hand of Raiders and say yeah. Raiders. Packers Raiders. at Dolphins. Uh, wow. Dolphins. Yeah, I'm, I was always Dolphins. Well, no, this this will be the interesting thing with this example is that it is a cold weather game in Florida, and who plays better in cold weather? Aaron Rodgers. Because <laughs> yeah. like, definitely Tua didn't like the cold when he was playing in the Bills. He was just yeah. like, "Oh man," he's like, "It snows in Alabama too." I'm like, "No, it doesn't, man." <laughs> not, not like, not like, the, not like that. Bills. Not like that, though. Yeah. Um, next up, Broncos at Rams. Please, Rams. Please, God. <laughs> like at this stage, like I'm gonna say Rams, but like I, you know what? I can see the Broncos winning it. Are, are you gonna do it this Broncos. week? I'm okay. Broncos. We're, we're gonna figure out which one of us is the actual Broncos jinx, and then go from there. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, next, buck, uh, the Bucks at the Cards. I'm going Bucks on this yeah, one. Yeah, I got Bucks. Injuries Hopefully, got the, the Bucks card, has the Cardinals out, so that's all I have to say on that. Chargers at Colts, and it's Chargers. For Chargers. Me. Yeah. So who? Which which one are the hot picks that we differ on? We got your uh, Falcons at Ravens. You got Falcons. I got Ravens. Texans Saints at, at Titans. Texans at Titans. Yeah, we, I got Titans. You got Texans. Saints at Browns. You got Browns. I got Saints. And I think that's the the main. Oh, and Broncos at Rams, like we just said. Yeah. So we so, got four of them in there. Yeah, we're gonna but see what happens. It should be a good. Should be a good week. Hopefully, Seahawks come away with a win. I'm praying hard, but I think that, uh, it's not looking good. For ask, us. You're basically saying to beat like one of the top two teams if you don't think the Chiefs are number one in AFC. Yeah. So. Well, I, 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 I've told you my opinion on that. I think the Chiefs might be three or four, but <laughs> I got you. I got you. Um, yeah. 
but I think that's all of our picks for week 16. So any last things that you wanted to, to touch on before we, we sign off? I am excited for the off season and the draft. Um, a lot of stuff has been coming out about where our pick is. So our pick could be the, at the highest. I think it's going to be a two. Lowest could possibly be like a four, maybe a five. But at the, I'm just going to say four for now. And the top two people I'm looking at is, uh, I think it was Jalen Carter and then um, Michael Will, something. No, Michael not, Williams. No, not Michael. Not Michael. Not Michael Williams. Um, Will Anderson from Alabama. Oh, Will Anderson. Yeah, yeah that's Will, Anderson, Will Anderson is like the most decorated like Alabama player in the Nick Saban system right now, and that says a lot with all the awards he has. Um, especially and then because he's an edge, and he definitely. He gives me like if we had him on the D line, whether we had him like if he replaced uh, Bruce Irvin, that would be awesome. But if we also went the other way with Jalen Carter, that's a D lineman we can put in there as well. And he's also just a force to be reckoned with. And I don't mind either of these picks, whichever one. But I prefer Will Anderson after watching some highlights and watching some games, even his bad games and stuff. So I think I'm on the in the same boat with you on that one. But it's kind of like a tough decision, right? Because like if Jalen Carter comes to you, like. He, he, I think he's been regarded. He, he, some folks have said he has character issues. And, you know, uh, if you have character issues, Pete Carroll is known for taking in people with character issues and um, getting them to work harmoniously with each other. But there's said people are lauding him as like one of the best defensive tackles to come out of college football since like Aaron Donald, which I feel like people always say just to hype up the NFL draft and all that stuff. But yeah. If you if you get that kind of accolade, if you're, if you're, th- if you get that kind of respect thrown on your name, you got to give it a look. I mean, you just can't compare Will Anderson to that many people, but I feel like that if we want that Aiden Hutchinson kind of look or basically that edge, like here's my thing. There's nothing wrong with getting the best D tackle. I would say if we can't get Will Anderson, go for Jalen Carter because when have you, when will you ever get a chance to get like a generational talent at edge? Especially like when have we ever had a chance to hit that top five edge picks? Top yeah. three, if you will, right? Those are always the first players to go off. Right. That's why like, like, you know, Nick Bosa and all of them were, were cut, like were classified as those edges and stuff. And it's not like you can't put them on the D line. That's the thing. You can put them on the D line too, or you can put them on the outside too, if they're that good. So I want to just see what Will Anderson can do. If we can't get Will Anderson, Jalen Carler. But I feel like if our pick is at two or three, definitely if it's even at three, we'll still have a chance. Cause I know unless the bears just say, screw everything and go get a, like not a quarterback, but like if they go get an edge, when they know they need an offensive lineman, but it'll we, be tough. Yeah. But I think we have a, we have the pick. I think it's one of between those two uh, with our first pick. But after that, it's kind of up in the air besides like beef up the defense. That's it. You can go yeah. get a D tackle later. Cause the D tackle class isn't that bad as a whole. If you look at it. So um, that's just my yeah, thing. We got a lot of picks coming up. It's just, it'll be exciting to see. Oh, it's going to be the best. Like that's why I want to see off season, what we do in free agency as well. So I'm going to take a peek at like potential free agency people. if They haven't been signed yet, but yeah. And then finally I made a blunder in my fancy playoffs. I didn't start Jalen Waddle. I started Christian Watson instead. It just didn't go well. And I lost a, a playoff match. So, you know, fuck me. <laughs> that's one playoff hey. that's one that's one fantasy team done for the season and because of my blunder at the the picks it is what it is i was just trying to play the hot hand of christian watson instead of just hey stick with Jalen waddle even though he had a bad game before but it is what it is how about you yeah man? well like you said you said it pretty well we're in the final stretch um you're looking in the offseason i'm thinking there's a lot of spots up for grabs in the wild card hunt even if we're probably going to get bounced early but um also worth keeping an eye on something that I took notice to is 
like the the order of this draft because of the way because the Broncos won this week. Like if they, you know, this is a big a big if. Like if they win a couple of these games, you know, these last three games, they could drop pretty low or much lower, maybe even like to the end of the top ten. And that'll be that'll be an interesting scenario as well, because then you know a lot of these names that we're thinking like Will Anderson and uh, um, Jalen Carter will probably be off the board, you know, because like if you look at the records, I think like all these teams are within a couple wins of each other, even at like the ten spot. Yeah, but Broncos sit at like four and ten, and you know, Mm. top uh, tenth pick is you know sixth overall or six wins or something like that. Yeah, it just depends on how. Yeah, it just depends because like top one, I don't think Houston Texans are giving up the number one pick. I guess maybe, but what would have been wild is they could have been in that conversation of like losing their number one spot if they won these last two weeks. True, true, and then like Cardinals are going downhill too. Colts are going downhill. So really, it's just it's just going to be a shakeup from picks two to four, if anything. That's really all it is. So uh, we'll see what happens. Even if we go down to like four. Uh, we'll still have a chance, I think, at either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, in my opinion. But um, a lot of people are still saying that we should go get a QB. I'm like, ah, QB ain't going to really help us out like that. As some no, they, he can't play defense. You said it best. Gino can't play defense. <laughs> Gino can't play defense. Uh, whoever you want. We And I'm not going to say anything against Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or any of those type of players. It's just they won't help us win. They're gonna, you're going to literally take a high pick to then just sit behind Gino for like a, at least a season. If not, unless something happens to Gino or like, Oh, we're mad at Gino. Put the other quarterback in, and then yeah. Why do you want to add that kind of noise? It's basically like what happened with like. Um, uh, like we're gonna Ellinger. have some type of noise though with the QB. Yeah, like the Ellinger with uh, Matt Ryan and stuff like. That. I mean, their situation is bad. That's a bad, maybe not the best example, but it, you could just read the media storyline. If like like for like uh, the Seahawks, we went, you know, we won one game in like the last six or something like that, right? Yep. Would after that third loss, you know, everybody would be up in arms about putting in, you know, your CJ Stroud or your Bryce Young or whoever is sitting on the bench. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that you just don't want that kind of noise around an organization that still has other areas they need to build up. And like, you know, if our team is like, if a hundred percent is a great team, maybe we're like at 60% getting a quarterback, you know, this early might make us to 65 or 70, but you can still take a quarterback later though. So yeah, for sure. But if you can take, um, if you take a D tackle or, you know, that destructive edge, you know, that that'll move a team from 60% to like maybe 80% because mm-hmm. they can be that kind of a force of nature. Yep. And, I want to have, a... we, we got the luxury of having two first round picks and basically a third first round pick. If the Broncos keep losing. Oh yeah. Basically. So yeah, it's, 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 I feel like we still have like, if they even want to like go a quarterback, they could use that late first round, depending on how it all shakes out to take a quarterback. I was even looking at the Florida quarterback too in that sense, but we'll see like where our pick ends up with all these losses we're racking up. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, all right. I mean, I think uh, we talked enough about the good old football week and hopefully ever all of you, um, you know, during this upcoming week, stay warm whenever that freeze kicks in for you all. And, you know, just thanks for being here with us at the Mr. Epps podcast. Thanks for joining us as always every week. Be sure to subscribe on all the platforms and, you know, rate our podcast five stars because why the hell not? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at our handle at, at, at Miss Reps. And we hope to see you again next week. Peace. <laughs>